Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins and I should have coughed before we started recording, so I'll do that while my co-host introduces herself. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello, my name's Siobhan Coombs. And um, I know I said last week that I wouldn't be in the country for this episode. And yet here you are. Uh, but The lies just keep adding up. What, one, I didn't actually need to cough, <laughs> two... <laughs> um, but the I came and pick up, picked up my comics because I'm still going to read them. Yeah, obviously. although part of me is like, why the fuck would I read these if I don't get to talk about them for two hours? <laughs> and that's a bad problem. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I picked up my comics and mm-hmm. I looked at the stack and I could not believe the quality of the number ones. Yeah, or at least the hype behind the number ones this week. Um, as we you know, it. regular listeners, uh, we start every episode with a little segment called First Things First in which we review all of the number ones. So here I am at King's Comics on a Friday. Whoa. Normally we record on a Monday. Um, so we're going to record first things first together, mm-hmm. me and Siobhan, mm-hmm. like like the good old days. Just like the classic. Um, and then I'm going to fuck off to New Zealand. And it's going to be all new, all different serious issues with a significant drop in audio quality. So I'm going <laughs> to have to be recording it on my phone. Um, but before we get there, you get a good solid hour of great number ones and yeah. great audio quality. Sorry, the store owner, George, just walked in with a tray of coffees, looking very, very pleased with himself. Well, I think, no, it was a, a look. He, he saw us recording and was like, is it Monday? So while Thank Siobhan you. gets her coffee, Thank you. <laughs> um, I'll let you know what you've got in store for the next hour. We have, I think it's like 14 number ones That's that came many. through. Um, but usually no, we're like, it. yeah, I know, it, 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 some, some big releases. And uh, we've been... Throwing, throwing a bunch of shit at DC recently because mm-hmm. they've been putting out a minimum of, num- of three number ones a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ends now uh, yeah. because it was only Image this week who put out three number ones. And so we'll kick off this round of first things first um, by delving into Image number ones that came out last week. The big one sold out at King's Comics and yep. indeed King, uh, comic stores around the world, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, this is the latest new series by Robert Kirkman. Of Walking Dead fame. And Invincible. Mm-hmm. And the one about the guy who has like exorcisms. Oh, yeah. That no one Outcast. reads. Outcast. Outcast. And, and they, they made a TV show of it? Yeah. That's the only Kirkman comic I've ever read. 
Really? Outcast, yeah. I've never read Walking Dead. I've you never, never read, read Invincible. You never read Battle Pope? Never read Battle Pope. It's pretty fun. There you go. Um, nice. So this is his latest series um, through his Skybound, Skybound imprint through Image. Um, and this is him teaming up with artist Lorenzo De Felici, um, who is a co-creator of Kirkman, with Kirkman. Um, colors on this one by Annalisa Leone. And uh, letters, of course, by frequent letterer on, uh, on Kirkman's books, Russ Wooten. Good name. Love that name. Uh, so Oblivion Song is uh, apparently something that Kirkman came up with many years ago. And uh, he's been working on it in the background of the many other projects that he works on. And now we finally have the first issue of this series in our hands. Um, it is another, like, apocalyptic kind of situation that we open uh, open on. He loves a good survivalist tale. Um, but there's, uh, there's monsters in this. And we see uh, two humans running away from this ferocious, gross monster. And uh, suddenly shot at by someone in a, in a cloak with a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. However, when they are shot, um, they don't die. They are... They are... Um, like teleported? Teleported um, away to another dimension, seemingly. Yeah. Um, and then we see the same guy, sniper, after his like technology on his uh, armor doesn't work, he has to inject himself with a teleportation formula mm-hmm. as well, and he, he's able to escape from this monster at the, at the last minute. Um, great. A, a great uh, opening scene. Yeah, like, very what the compelling. Fuck, what the fuck is going on? Mm. Uh, and then uh, when when they when, when we catch up with them where they've teleported to, um, it is the regular world. However, there has been a uh, a rapture. Would you say? Is I mean, a- surely a rapture is God created. I don't know if God is involved in this. Okay, but yes, a, there has been some a, kind of it's a biblical God, level shit. It's a God free rapture. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um. Uh, which is my favorite kind of rapture, personally. Yeah, um, and so, on Earth, um, however many years ago, a, a, a bunch of people... Ten years. Ten years, there you go. Um, exactly that many years ago, uh, a bunch of people disappeared. Mm-hmm. Family members. Mums mm-hmm. and dads, wives, children, husbands. Yep. Gone, without Probably a trace. Probably a bunch of loners, too. Single people. Yeah. Um, Loser, single people. Um, yikes, that's really harsh. I, <laughs> I was about to go way worse, and I was like, oh, that's mean. Um, but um, they get teleported to uh, this 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 realm of monsters mm-hmm. that they call Oblivion, um, and uh, it's the the main character, the, the hooded figure that we meet earlier on in this in this comic, mm-hmm. um, is someone who um, spends a lot of time in this Oblivion dimension mm-hmm. and realizes that a great number of the people who disappeared a decade ago are still stuck in this dimension, mm-hmm. and he is trying to get funding from the government. To rescue them all, to get a search team, search Oblivion, and rescue them all, and uh, such is the, the, the kind of the premise of the series. Yeah, pretty clever. Good yeah, fun. definitely. Um, with the, the most kind of, I mean, I know Invincible is very cartoonish, but that suits the superhero genre. Yeah, this is a more. It is closer to Walking Dead. You know, you you have yeah. a. a you have a real-world scenario, you have an apocalyptic scenario, you have the survivalist stuff, you have monsters, but this looks far more kind of cartoonish and exaggerated mm-hmm. um, than what you could get from uh, Charlie Adlard's art on um, on uh, Walking Dead. Um, and the, the colours uh, are excellent, big popping colours. reminds me a lot of um, uh, the colours that we get on the great book that just finished. Um, Extremity. Extremity. Um, yeah, very similar colour palette. Um, but... Uh, from a writing point of view, 
I really enjoyed this and the, and the concept too. I thought it was really, really fun and rollicking pace. I hope that this is like a 12-issue series. You didn't read the back matter? No. Uh, no. Oh, God no, damn mate. Um, they've already written. They've got 13 issues in the can. Okay, they well, are that... ahead by a year and they have planned up at... L- at least 30 issues. Okay, well, I hope it's 30 issues. Mm. I just I think this is a really really cool idea that I I don't I know see go on forever. I don't I don't think necessarily needs to be this intense character study that Kirkman loves doing in his, you know, extremely long runs. I would yeah. love to see him do a tight adventure survival story. Um, nah. Nah. Yeah, you can't sell <laughs> nope. that. You can't sell that to AMC. No. For a long running series. So Yeah, I mean like I enjoyed this, but it definitely has that tone of like this is being set up to go on for a really long time. Um, so it wasn't like the most, especially like, I guess this week, it wasn't the most like punchy, yet, <coughs> hot out of the gate first issue for me. Yeah. Um, I liked it though. Not like heaps, but I liked it. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was really, really enjoyable. I mean, Kirkman knows how to write a comic and he also knows how to choose a great artist. And, yep. um, I've great artist. I've not seen much of Lorenzo De Felici's art before, um, but I really enjoyed his work on this. Yeah. And um, I like the sort of upcoming, like, uh, sibling thing Yes, going on. totally. I, like, I, I told a great deal of the plot of the book, but I, d- I left out the big cliffhanger. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and a lot of the final pages, uh, plot details as well. Um, yeah. If you look, if you enjoyed anything that Kirkman has done in the past, uh, I think you've, you've either already got this one or you plan to, yeah. and uh, you get it gets a thumbs up from us. Absolutely, and it's an interesting one because Kirkman Kirkman's doing like a bit of an interesting thing with how he sells this in that they aren't doing second printings. So I think they did quite a large printing of the first one, but obviously. It's already sold out at King's. It's already sold out at a bunch of places. So you're going to have to scramble to find a copy of this one, I think, guys. Good luck. Good luck. I'm Good putting, luck scrambling. I'm putting my, my, my copy back on the shelf. Me too. Um, so the next image book we're going to talk about is the one I was most excited for this week. Uh, it is the newest book by uh, Serious Issues' favorite writer, one of the, our favorite one writers. Favorite writers for sure. uh, Jeff Lemire has a new book out uh, through Image, uh, and it's him paired with his... Uh, you gave me a thumbs up. You gave someone else in the room I was a thumbs up. Talia, a thumbs up. Oh, cool. She gave a thumbs up to Gideon's fall. Oh, cool. Well, all right. Well, spoilers. Talia from Kings gives this two thumbs up. Yeah. Um, this sees Jeff Lemire paired with his old man Logan and uh, Green, Green Arrow. Yep. Collaborated um, the artist uh, Andrea Sorrentino, mm-hmm. uh, and also, of course, the legendary colorist uh, Dave Stewart. Um, do you want to tell everybody what this book's about, Siobhan? Okay. So it starts with this guy who is rooting through garbage. And there are some really interesting, like, sort of camera shots that they've done in this. There's, like, a cool fish islands My effect. mind, way too dirty to hear the term someone, a man who is rooting through garbage. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not rooting in the Australian sense, rooting like a, like uh, a raccoon. Sure. <laughs> um, but he's going through garbage and finding bits and pieces of something that seems seems like just little scraps of nothing and he's labeling them and putting them into little jars and then we see a priest going to a spooky town and he seems like a, a priest who is trying to make amends for something he's done bad i hope it's not the really bad thing that catholic priests do. <laughs> you've got to assume not yeah um because he seems like a bit of a hero of this story but there's some like creepy supernatural goings on with a big scary barn yeah, and, and I think that maybe this this crazy guy is finding pieces of a big a big spooky barn. 
So it's it, it's an ex- <laughs> exploration. Yeah, I think overall it's about like an exploration of of sanity and yes. the way who you turn to. Um, you know, because you have a man of the cloth. Yes. Um, who uh, is, I guess, going to be questioning his beliefs uh, due to the due to the big spooky barn. Yep. Um, and then you have someone who is, you know, seeing seeking psychiatric help, even though he knows he's not crazy. Mm. Um, Seems very crazy, but he knows he's right. Yeah. He can see a story in all of this unrelated garbage, and it's the story of a big spooky barn. Yeah. Do you do you think he assembled this barn using all of the garbage that he found in the street? I think he will. Ah. He's going to. How fun. He's going to build a big barn. I um, really liked this. This was really, really great. And uh, it was one of two number ones that we got from Jeff Lemire this week. And neither of them were like the really flashy, like, you know, big, oh, here's the premise of the book. Doesn't mm. it hook you? Like, you know, I love those two. It was great understanding everything that, the, that Oblivion song was going to be, you mm. know, from, from that first issue. This leaves so much to the imagination. Absolutely. It's a, a kind of bare bones setup where we introduce two characters. I would almost compare it to like the scalped. Um, number one, Jason Aaron series. Scouts, oh but my god! I will sure. take you. Where it kind of sets right. up this scenario, and you're kind of like, I th- guess that character's the hero of the book. I don't know. Um, and I, I felt similarly reading this. It also helps that uh, Andrea Sorrentino's art it has a the same kind of yeah. scratchy uh, uh, quality that RM Guerra's art did yeah. as well. The lettering and the word balloons as well really something that I don't think I've seen Sorrentino do before. I'm not sure who. Oh, the lettering and design is by Steve Wands, and it's really cool, really clever. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is going to be one that I, I really look forward to seeing kind of grow as a series and learning more about what the what the story is going to be doing. Um, yeah, absolutely. This is apparently uh, at least the character of the, of the man rooting through the trash, like a raccoon, not an Australian. Yep. Um, this character is something is someone that uh, uh, Lemire has been working on like since before he was even making comics. Yeah. One of the first figures he ever drew, um, and has kind of been thinking about writing something featuring this character in a long, long time. Um, the back, great back matter. I read this. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I didn't read all of Oblivion songs back, back matter. Um, but yeah, this is a really, really great number one issue. Um, you know, Lemire very rarely steers you in a wrong direction when it comes to a, to a book. And apparently, uh, we've we've promised each other that we're going to do a, a Patreon episode of um, oh yeah, ra- ranking Lemire's books from least sad to most sad. <laughs> I think this goes. This is a pretty sad book in that it's like the uh, the characters. No one seems happy. <laughs> totally, but there's no like. I mean, we're very early on in the book. Yeah. Um, you haven't haven't formed an attachment to them yet, so no. you don't feel their sadness yet. You're just aware of their sadness. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but I feel very spooked. Yep. Yeah. Was this your favorite number one of the week? Maybe. Maybe. It all be revealed at there. the end of this first things first. I'm going to force you to, to pick a favorite book every episode now, oh by God. the way. Oh, no. Because then we can tweet about it and tag okay. the artist and the, and the writer, and then <laughs> they'll share it, and then we'll get a thousand more listeners every time. Fine. All right. Um, final image book that we're going to talk about is one called Prism Stalker. By Sloan Leong. Now, this is the one that I should have told you to describe the plot of. <laughs> I think this is pretty straightforward. Like, Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Please inform me what the fuck happened in this book. So, the first scenes are very confusing. But what I think And the first happened... scenes take place from the uh, first page until the last page. Yes. So, what I, think, what I think this is about, right, is something bad happened on Earth. Mm-hmm. And so, all of the people who are left, who are mostly mothers... Uh, I think they're all women, as far as I can tell. Right. Couldn't see any male characters. They have to live on the inside of these giant alien birds. 
and they have to harvest the eggs of the bird. So it's kind of like a parasitic yep, okay, relationship. Cool. All right, that, that makes those opening scenes make more sense. And then someone... Like a, there's really heartbreaking stuff where like the, the the language they've lost the ability the mothers and daughters have lost the ability to talk to each other which I think is something I would assume is a commentary on colonialism mm-hmm. imperialism very very I, like, I've definitely got done. those vibes throughout the entire yeah. book almost yeah um, and then there is a really scary sort of chimera looking alien who is described as a tourist who comes and gets our hero uh, Vep I think her name is V E P. Vep, um, to come and uh, takes her away somewhere. But we don't know where yet. I thought this was cool. I yeah, really uh, like the art. Me too. I really like the art. I love the colours um, as well on this yeah. book. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of my favourite colours he <laughs> <laughs> yeah, used in this book. Pinks, Pinks, oranges, yellows. A lot of yellow. Um, yeah, it's gorgeous. And Sloane Leong does the whole book herself. Just the letters are done by... Ariana um, Maha. Yeah. Maya, Maya. But she, she writes it. She illustrates it. She does the colours. I love it. I like this guy's name, so I'm going to say it. The logo designer of Prism Stalker is Darius Ooh. <laughs> Imagine if your last name was just OU, that rules. That is good. That's a good last name. Also, Darius. That's yeah, a good name. That's a great name. Um, Add it to yeah. the list. Yep. <laughs> great names in comics. Yeah, I, 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 I was confused. You've, you've, you, you clearly followed the plot a lot, a lot better than I did. It took me um, like until halfway through to go, like, mm, let's see what's going on here. And yeah, I was right. really concentrating. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I was like, got to get through these, all these yeah. number ones before we today. But uh, uh, I, I, I'll definitely stick with this one. Yeah, I think this is really worth picking up. I think Sloane Leong is um, a creator to really keep your eye on. She's been working on an all-female basketball comic for ages that I'm like, just release it. Release it already. It's all I want. Um, but this... The only reason I, the only not. reason it's delayed is because she keeps accidentally putting males in, on the team. <laughs> Damn it! Fuck! fuck no. I made it to page 23. <laughs> I had to draw a man in it. Um, I really like this, though. I think this is like really clever and interesting and weird if you're a fan of like Brandon Graham or some of the more sort of weird sci-fi stuff. I thought this was actually like similar to Underwinter. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, like in terms of being sort of um, mysterious. Yes. And um, sort of broadly symbolic and stuff like that with the art, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, but thank, yeah. Thank you for making sense of my uh, analogy <laughs> that you that you disagree with it first. <laughs> um, I know what you meant. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Everyone pick this up. So that's Prism Stalker. And again, Gideon Falls and uh, Oblivion Song. A great week for yeah. uh, Image Number Ones. Because yes. that was like, there was that error however many years ago, six years ago, around the time of Saga coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, closely after that, we got Southern Bastards. And um, yep. there was just so this great kind of every every month, every two weeks to, mm-hmm. to a month, there'd be like this incredible, like, oh my God, have you got this Image Number One? And it would yeah. sell out immediately. And yeah, uh, it was extremely exciting, and like they're still putting out lots of great titles, but I feel like they haven't had like a really hyped week like this in a while. Yeah, I was actually talking to this um, with my boyfriend Nate last night, who you can hear in a Patreon episode with Siobhan talking about X Men. patreoncom slash series it is podcast. Continue. Um, and he was saying sort of like, oh, images like past it, they don't have like they're not doing the same level of shit that they were and I was like they definitely are it's just stuff that doesn't appeal to you specifically like for me Sleepless and Twisted Romance are as fundamentally exciting well yeah I think to his point though there are a lot of other publishers doing what Image were doing a few years ago like you have your booms you have you know could even argue that Dark Horse has kind of taken on a more image model for some of their um, creator own releases 
um, you know, the Young Animal imprint, mm-hmm. um, even Vertigo putting out just like limited series that they kind of have every, that aren't like even tonally similar yeah. to each other now. I think also just like the the quantity of books that we get through Image now. Totally. There's a lot of like, you know, sort the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, totally. And generally the chaff has Top Cow's logo on it. <laughs> Um, so we mentioned Lemire earlier, and Jeff Lemire wrote two number ones this week. Um, and this second uh, number one uh, ties into the world of Black Hammer, which is uh, generally one of our favorite comics mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. it comes out, uh, out through Dark Horse Comics. Um, and uh, he's had a few spin-off series from the, uh, the the Black Hammer universe. We got the excellent Sherlock Frankenstein mm-hmm. um, miniseries uh, that he did with artist uh, David Rubin um, at, the st- at the end of and beginning of this year. Uh, end of last year, beginning of this year. Um, and now we get, um, as the, a character that we met in the Sherlock Frankenstein series, or was it in Black Hammer itself? Oh, I can't I even remember. remember. But uh, this book is called Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. Um, it's written by Jeff Lemire with art by Max Fiamara, um, with colors by Dave Stewart, who is very busy this week, um, and uh, letters by Nate Piekos. Um And Dr. Star is a... Um, Starman. He's Starman, basically. And his entire character is a tribute to the the, uh, the creator of the most famous iteration of Starman mm-hmm. uh, that was that started being published uh, by DC in 1994, which is an amazing run, which I'm rereading at the moment. Oh, and lovely. Enjoying the heck out of How? Yeah, I just... Uh, I, I, <laughs> How do you have the time? Well, when we finish recording on Monday, I have until Thursday yeah. to pick before I pick up new comics, and I just try and read a few whatever else in mm. that time. I miss reading long runs from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. that's like, you know, I mean... It's great reading 50 little snippets of a big story a week. Yeah, but getting but, to focus just on one story is lovely. <laughs> yes, even if it is for just three days at a time. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's written by James Robinson. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the character is called Jim Robinson. Jimmy Robinson um, is the name of, of Dr. Star. And uh, man, we mentioned sadness. Oh, man. <laughs> this. Okay, I know I'm a bit more like sensitive because now I have had a baby. But just all this stuff with parents and children... And like too much for me, that guys. work slash life yes. balance as a parent. Um, so Dr. Star is a, is a man, a, a genius who works on many different inventions uh, that are about him trying to reach the power of basically you hump, utilize the power of the stars, uh, yeah. basically weaponize the power of the stars. Um, I see no problem with this. Uh, and he's basically, yeah, like uh, it, it's, it's during World War II. Um, we, we see a lot of the, um, the Black Hammer superheroes being like kind of, Questioning whether or not they should get involved with the war, mm-hmm. um, or you know, if, if they belong in there. In what's what's the name of the city? It's not Opal City. It's something oh. close. Coast City? No, no. that's where. It's, the... it's, it's, we're just going to name DC cities. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> um, we'll get. We'll, we'll find it. One of us. Will, we'll, we're both going to pretend. We're going yeah, to pretend to talk until blah, we find. Blah blah blah. Pretend to talk. Because <laughs> this is going to kill me. It's like a. It's a. I love that we get to see more of the super team, though. There's like a Hawkman, bro. Have yeah. We, have we Spiral City. Spiral Thank you City. so yeah. much, Talia. Two Thank thumbs Talia. up. It's <laughs> useful having Talia here. Um, and then there's like a cloak and dagger almost. Captain Knight and... Dr. Day. Dr. Day. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah, really, really fun stuff. I mean, I love as we learn more and more about this this world and not, ju- not just about different characters, but also different eras of this world too. Yeah. I think it's really, really fun. Each, each of these... Um, series is set during different times it's just such a celebration of and like love letter to superhero comics and it just fundamentally sums up everything that i love about the genre and does such a great job 
Definitely. Um, and it, it's almost like Lemire doing his own kind of darker, sadder version of Astro City. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we, we basically we, we see Dr. Star enlisted um, during World War Two to to basically weaponize his technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, de- he, he sees that as like, you know, his ticket, his, his family's ticket to, to not having to work wealth. again. Wealth, exactly. So he dedicates his life to that and kind of ignores his family. Um, and uh, when we catch up with uh, Dr. Star, in, I guess in present day, mm-hmm. um, he admits to making many mistakes. And let's just say there's a whole bunch of sadness attached to those mistakes. Boo! And uh, I wonder what... Like where we're going to see the rest of this series set, yeah, and how it will overlap with uh, our our main Black Hammer characters that are stuck in the weird yeah, place absolutely. they're stuck in. Great shit! This was my this great. is my favorite number one of the week. Really? Yep. Mm. Uh, I just because I, I I just adore this universe and so um, good. Yeah, and I, I, even just all of the Doctor Star reference. Sorry, all the Starman love and references yeah. that this series got. I'm extremely enjoying reading that again now Absolutely. and this was just this exactly what i wanted in a comic and max fiamara is yes we didn't even mention the art good like really gorgeous art i don't know what else he's done do you guys know what else I, I, i've only ever seen I, I know he did stuff on the black hammer annual yeah right, right, right. that's the only other place i've seen his name well, it's but, very um, uh sort of dark horsey style yeah it definitely. almost has like shades of jeff lemire's own work in it yeah definitely and and even like Big shades of eyes. uh david rubin as well mm-hmm. uh, just like extremely expressive but where david rubin is this big like larger than life expressive um like fiamara adds just like you know lines and lines of age and 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 yeah, stress and to sadness. all of his character yeah, yeah he's perfect perfect for these yeah um, really great so fiamara has done like lots of dark horse stuff mm. four eyes hellboy four eyes was an image book that he, that he was the artist on yeah real good shit real good highly recommended everybody absolutely dr star in the kingdom of lost tomorrows looking forward to the main black hammer series to return yeah although it's not gonna be called black hammer anymore oh what's gonna be called I don't know. White, White shovel. French. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we both went there. That's so great. <laughs> You're a dad now too. Sucked in. <laughs> uh, so over to Marvel now, and uh, we're going to talk about Infinity Countdown number one. Uh, this is uh, the. Did you not read this one? No, I did. I did. Okay, I was sweet. just checking. It's Nick Bradshaw. Um, Nick Bradshaw cover, but, um, but this is the book has been written by. Um, Jerry Duggan, and even though Aaron Cuda is the only um, artist alongside colorist Jordi Belair, um, who's credited on the front cover, <coughs> there's um, contributions from all kinds of uh, different artists within this. Um, we have Nick, Nick, Mike Diodato Jr. and Frank Martin uh, lending some art to within this book. Um, so this book basically is uh, a direct carry-on from the Guardians of the Galaxy series that yes. um, Jerry Duggan was writing, uh, in which Groot... Um, is trapped in little kid form um, while a cosmic figure um, who is similar to the Grandmaster or the Collector, his name is the Gardener, mm-hmm. he belongs from the same family of celestial guys. Um, he, he's, he's been basically like trapping, creating his own Groot's from Groot's essence and that's mm-hmm. essentially why Groot, the Groot that we know and love, is stuck in the uh, cutest form he's ever been. Um, so we see that kind of the guardians, uh, the majority of the guardians are dealing with that while Drax, who has kind of like sworn to a life of peace is left to protect, um, the enormous, um, soul stone. Soul right? stone. Yep. Um, with and a pregnant Nova. Yeah. I like pregnant Nova. Yeah. She's great fun. Power stone is what it power is. Stone. The power stone. Um, and so yeah, this in- infinity, um, countdown event, 
um, is kind of like a tale of the the stones. Mm. I don't know. It, it, it's what's great is that they're all they're very well split up all around the universe. Um, and uh, Wolverine has the space stone, and so we see an update on what's going on with his stone, and uh, we see a character who we haven't seen in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, her kind of we didn't know what what was going on with this character, and now we're like, oh right. There Wait, what go. character? Oh, you didn't you didn't realize that? No, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, I did. <coughs> so some uh, Wolverine was previously thought dead, and so was Someone the character else. who who ends up with the space stone who, at the end of this. I wonder who else has died recently. <laughs> Who's a lady? You just she's gonna... very sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> great, great subtle work from the great Siobhan Coombs, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no spoilers. But yeah, the, the bulk of this issue was um, was Boring. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, you didn't like it? No, I was fine. I like Aaron Cooter, but like I haven't been reading Guardians of the Galaxy. So okay, cool. Like, yeah, I mean, so yeah. I, I, on one on one hand, I wish this was just a, a Guardians of the Galaxy, and this this ties into yeah. I, re- I read the Damnation um, issue number two now, and I'm like, but, why isn't this just a Doctor Strange book with all these characters involved yeah, instead of making it its own event? This should have just stayed a Guardians book. But I like that in you know that they're able to make it so enormous in scope because it is an event, but it also feels like its own thing, which yeah. I like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was, a, I've been a big fan of Jerry Duggan's uh, guardian stuff. So I, I really, really loved this issue. Um, it just feels like, just like uh, everything I liked about the, the cosmic um, Abnett and Lanning run, run, but kind of with a more MCU ish kind of yeah. tinge. And I think that's what I don't like. You just don't like the Guardians of the Galaxy. We've established this many times yeah, before. I don't know why. I like space. <laughs> I like goofiness. So, yeah. Will, will you be continuing with this series, though? Uh, yeah, because I'm going to check out like all the Infinity stuff. Because this is my job. Okay. Um, but not because I want to. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> I look forward to uh, arguing the Me? merit of all of these yeah. comics every time they come out. <laughs> with it just being like, I just don't like them. I accept that they're good. But the- I like the art. I thought that it was pretty funny. I think that Jerry Duggan has a good voice for all those characters. I don't hate Star-Lord in this. Right. I slightly hate the change that they made to Groot, but that's fine. Sure. Oh, yeah. There's a great... So, that's actually... If you read, like, the... Um, I think it's the first Annihilation book. Okay. Groot talks in, like, this big, bold manner. Uh, like, a, like a regal kind of king. It sort of reminds me of the way that they... That Drax talks now, though. So I was sort of like, no, we don't need two of these guys who right. don't understand time. Yeah, on one sure. Team. Um, who knows? Yeah, but so that that Groot returns to that form in this. In this, I'm like, have oh, you spoiled the other thing? I can just talk about this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that is, when he when he was created, he was this big dumb talking tree, right? Um, and uh, he returns to that form, and I, I like that little callback to that. Uh, how long it will last? Hopefully not long, but it's yeah. fu- it's fun if it's going to last the entirety of this event. Yeah, cool. IMO. Uh, so Marvel also put out another number one this week that um, Mar- Siobhan didn't read for good nope. reason. It is the Marvel Studios Ant-Man and the Wasp prelude. <coughs> and um, I check in with these just because every now and then it is new material that directly links to the MCU. Um, instead, we get for this one just a, um, a, 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 a pretty poorly drawn um, or just mismatched, not the right artist that I would choose to do this, you know, uh, style of book. Mm. Um uh, it's a comic book adaptation of the Ant-Man movie. Oh, why? And they just call it the Ant-Man and the Wasp prelude to trick people. They just call it the Ant-Man adaptation. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just them packing the entirety of the movie into two two issues. That seems good. It's not. Cool. 
Next. Nice. DC this week put out the first of the uh, the new wave of um, young animal books. And we get a continuation of our favorite young animal book, Shade the Changing Girl. I like it when I can say things that are our favorite knowing you won't argue with me. There's about three things that yeah. I can say that about. <laughs> <laughs> but this is my favorite young animal book. Uh, Shade the Changing Girl was written by Cecil Castellucci um, with art by Marley Zarconi and Kelly Fitzpatrick. And guess what, Siobhan? They're all returning for the new iteration of this book, which is Shade the Changing Woman. She's a woman now. She's a woman. <laughs> um and uh, this is first and foremost a beautiful looking book. That, that I think the so art, gorgeous. the art team was what made me love this book so much in the first place. And then yep. growing to love the characters that Cassel, uh, Cecil Casalucci was was writing yep. shortly after that. Um, I like that this immediately takes you back to how confusing the first issue of Shades of Shade the Changing Girl mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. I like that it isn't just this very linear kind of following of the plot. You kind of have, you know, the, basically Shade is uh, an alien being who comes to Earth via a madness cloak. Yes. Um, which is this big, colorful, um, technicolor dream coat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she in, in, inhibits the body of a comatose teenager who is awful to everyone at her school. Mm-hmm. school and bully. so Shade goes back to school as this teenager and kind of forms these new friendships with all these uh, students that used to be scared of her as she try and finds that, tries to figure out what it is to be human and also what it is to be mad. Mm-hmm. And she has these weird mad powers. It's a, it's a strange book and this is a strange issue and I loved it. It was so gorgeous. And I love the, one of the things that is so great about the series is that it's, uh, can be so broad to do with kind of societal issues and especially issues to do with like female identity and image and that sort of stuff but it does it in this really sort of clever I can't even I don't even know how to explain it like it's just really clever and really like not doesn't beat you over the head with it it's not unsubtle it's just it states what it is definitely and it kind of it's like it's like oh the reader will figure this out yeah and it's so gorgeously illustrated. And this we get to see, um, what's her name? Lorna? Is that Was that the character's name? Lorna? Megan? Whatever. Our main character, Shade. Yeah. Um, she converses with the previous Shade, the Changing Man. Yep. Rack, Rack Shade, I believe his name was, who was her favorite poet. Um, and that was just really cool. Yeah, on like the, not an astral plane, but like a madness plane. Yeah. Um, I also love that um, her ex-boyfriend that she left on earth yes he gets a green lantern ring a green lantern (laughs) like that i was that bit genuinely made me laugh yeah i just it's so great and we don't see anything we just see him find the ring and i guess that that will be dealt with later yeah it's just a random panel i would love it if they just never even dealt with it and we can just assume he's having sweet green lantern adventures all over the universe so two years have passed this is no longer a high school book it's a college book Mm -hmm. um and uh, it was great to see um her schoolmates uh teacup and River, mm-hmm. um, a little bit grown up and still friends and still like, you know, even though they haven't seen her for two years, they're happy to see her return. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just been out drinking and partying and eating and trying to sort of comfort herself from the awful world that she sees around her. Because she's had a heartbroken. She's had a heartbroken. Yeah, um, this was I great. Um, I g- Give it a go if you have not read the first series, but probably just give it the first read, series. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd be a little bit lost if you hadn't read the first series, but it's so worthwhile to go back and read it. It's such a satisfying book to read. Yeah. Really great. Definitely. Um, and it is like, even though it, it may take you, you know, an issue or two to kind of get your head around, um, this is one of the more easy to follow 
that isn't yes. just weird for weird's sake. Yes. Um, like uh, like Doom Patrol can be. Yes. Or Shade. Uh, so not Shade. Um, what's the Cl- Cave Carson? Cave Carson. Yeah. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this first issue of the of a new a new kind of you know it, it's different enough to warrant it being a new number one. Absolutely, and I love the um, the subtle physical changes that we have to Shade because she's a woman. Now. Yeah, a woman. I love it. Um, so over now to IDW um, for a new series called The Highest House um, by um, Mike Carey, who yep. I think actually did Mike Carey. No, it's Peter Milligan. I was going to say Mike Carey used to write Shade, The Changing Man for Vertigo. Yeah, but it was Peter Milligan. Mike Carey, it's the same um, team that did The Unwritten Yes, Vertigo. So Mike Carey and Peter Gross on Art and Letters. Um, and colours on this one by Fabian Alquire. And beautiful cover by Yuku Shimizu, who did all of the um, covers for The Unwritten as well. Ah, cool. That's wondering why it looks so familiar. Um, so this is a, a large format book. Mm-hmm. Um, and often when... When books do this, you're like, why are they this? And you take one look at Peter Gross's art inside, and he's able to do so much more with more yes. space. Yes. And uh, it totally makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I haven't asked you this in about three books. Siobhan, what was this book about? Okay. Um, we follow a young boy called Moth, who appears to have some some cool, maybe, powers, as he is sold into slavery by his mum. So it's this sort of uh, slightly fantasy medieval set book. It's not so much powers as it is like an awareness, an ability yeah. to kind of see things the way they're meant to be seen or, the, or their future. Or yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and so we see him sort of get taken under the wing of this guy who is buying all of the slaves. Um, and that, that whole scene of, 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 of all the slaves being offered, mm. like, you know, he, he uh, Moth is sold because he's he, in order for his, his brother and, brothers and sisters to be able to eat. Live. yeah. yeah. Really heartbreaking, really heartbreaking scene, but so gorgeously illustrated and really well handled. I loved this. I really loved this. Yeah, so this, uh, like, he's basically like, accept. He has to just accept that his life now is going to be, you know, as as a slave for this potentially evil sorcerer. Yeah, and they're part of this big family who own obviously all of the area and all of the slaves and all of the people, and they have one goddess, and that's the only goddess. But we're starting to see. Already the cracks in their stories. And the highest house refers to the fact that they all live in uh, the house that overlooks the, the town. Mm-hmm. It's an enormous castle. Um, and now um, not only do you get like this, you know, very well-realized world in this first issue mm-hmm. with, with, with really intriguing characters and, and the start of a great story, you also get um, in-depth instructions on the, the tools of a roof tiler. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon I could tile a roof now. Definitely. That's not true. Um, because this is what really this is what Moth will be doing. As this will be his job for how, for how long until he has to you know use his powers for everything else is uh, is, is beyond me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love this. You know, this story of a, of a confused boy in this horrible world, kind of just having to be a part of it and and, and move through it. Mm-hmm. The Gorgeous. highest house. This is this is another one that was like an excellent like yeah. first issue for me this week. I don't really know how I'm supposed to pick one. You're gonna have to mm. gun to your head. IDW put out another number one this week, and uh, it is the uh, the first issue of a book that I actually own in trade, but I've never read. There you go. The Spider um, King. So this is something that's actually created by an Australian bro mm-hmm. called Justin Van. Josh Van. Josh, Josh Van. Justin, Josh, it's all the same. Um, and so they released this. Imagine if a- you were a single person <laughs> named Josh or Justin. <laughs> it's the same name. <laughs> you were just... Anyway. Just hit unsubscribe. 
Um, so it's illustrated by Simone Diarmini. And they released this, they did a Kickstarter like in 2013, I think, for this mm-hmm. book. And it was originally released in trade, and now they are releasing it as a four issue miniseries as well. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I saw them, at, I saw uh, Josh Van at a con. Mm-hmm. Like Oz Comic Con maybe a couple of years ago, and he was selling the trade, and I bought it from him there because I'd just gotten the first issue of Headlopper, and They're... the art in this reminds me a lot. It's very different, but yeah. like it is, you know, enormous men wielding swords, yes. fighting monsters. Um, uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Andrew McLean from Headlopper's artwork, and even like a similar sort of coloring. Yes, definitely, and in fact, the the trade comes with some pinups by Andrew McLean uh, cool. of the main characters. Cool, cool, cool. I really like this. Yeah, so basically this is um, the story of uh, like a the Laxdale clan. Um, they're Vikings. They're Vikings. Um, and uh, after they, their king has died, um, someone comes to claim the throne um, and lays waste to what's left of their army. Um, but just before claiming victory, um, there is an alien ship that mm-hmm. lands in between the, the fighting parties. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the attackers return to their village um, to find an alien in the head of, like, in, in one of their tents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like the alien is going to, like, it has kind of, like, infiltrated the uh, the would-be yeah. usurper of the throne. Um, and uh, then we get, like, a, a kind of back matter in which um, Josh Van explains how much he loves unexpected flavor combinations, and this is going to be the coming together of a, a Viking story and an, and an alien invasion story. Yeah, you sort of feel like... Uh, there's been a bit of this lately. Like we've gotten this sort of vibe from like Green Valley and even what Kill the Minotaur. What was that awesome one that we loved that was written by the colorist um, about the hmm. the Crusades during the Crusades and there was the alien. Yep. Oh uh, yes. That was fucking great. Um, it was like a short miniseries. Yep. It was very good. Uh, just talk. I'm gonna figure out what that was. <laughs> Well, um, I liked this a lot. I thought it was very good. Guys, did you know also that King's Comics have an exclusive cover for Action <laughs> Comics 1000? Yeah, tell them about that. By this Nicholas is exciting. Scott. It's really gorgeous. It's really exciting. I'm very excited. It has like all, well, almost all of Superman's costumes over the eight Lake years. of Fire. It's called Lake, Lake of, of Fire. Lake of Fire. There you go. Anyway, check out kingscomics.com. We have it available for pre-order right now. It looks incredible. It's like, it's like yeah. eight different Supermans. Yeah, it's really cool. And, it's um, really good. I love it. And at the, at the very front is the, you know, they're bringing back the trunks. Yes. With Action Comics 1000 and Superman looks better than he's looked in a decade. Yeah. You know what's really funny is like the hottest debate on Twitter once I posted this is all about whether the new 52 costume is the best costume of all time or the worst costume of all time. No in between. Either the collar is the best thing of all time or it's the worst. The collar. Best worst. It's the burst. I agree. <laughs> The blast. Um, so yeah, the Spider King. If you are, you know, are you aching, if you like spiders, a- if you like kings, <laughs> aching for something, um, for to, to fill that headlopper void, yeah, you could do a lot worse than uh, the excellent art and story found within the Spider King. Uh, well, yeah, we mentioned it was uh, written by Josh Van. It's been illustrated by Simone Diamini. I just realised that you did tell everyone this. I did. did. You say that was coloured by Adrian Block. Nope. Oh, and it's got letters by Nick Shaw. He used to work at King's Comics. Crazy. It's edited by Chaz with an exclamation mark. Pangburn. Pangbone, good. No, but there's an exclamation mark in his first name. Well, that's nice. I, if, like, I, if I was an editor, I'd edit that out. If I was called Chaz, I would put an exclamation mark behind my name. Uh, look, look, I would, I would spell my, I would, I would, Chaz. <laughs> I would spell it with a Z instead of an S. Yes. And and just you know, I hope people would. would yeah, in their the own exclamation head, mark it, would be clear in your vibe. Yeah. So that's the Spider King number one. Um, really enjoyable stuff. And uh, we move now to Boom, in particular Boom Box. 
um, which is a kind of uh, queer-focused uh, teen mm-hmm. uh, comics line um, that Boom put out. Um, it's given us great books uh, recently, like Fence, mm-hmm. which is a book about a bunch of beautiful boys fencing. Um, and uh, we also got Slam, which mm-hmm. is a, a book about uh, women playing... Roller derby. Roller derby. So two sports books yep. uh, in which um, I think... Well, Fence definitely gets the right balance of characters and heart versus explaining explaining fencing the, the sport mm-hmm. um slam i criticized for being only about the characters and not really explaining this not even just not explaining the sport but not explaining why the sport is good yeah because <laughs> every every issue is like them bruised and like yeah. missing social functions and crying and i'm like why do you do this horrible yeah, sport yeah. they're like i didn't make my grandma's funeral because i had to do roller derby and then i broke my leg roller derby for life and now i'm off the team yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but um, still a good book. Great yeah, art. Great. Veronica Fisher's art. Very good. Um, but Boombox this week gave us Dodge City, number one, written by Josh Trujillo, uh, with art by Cara McGee and uh, colors by Brittany Peer. Um, and this, uh, if you can, uh, yeah, you, you can probably guess this is a book about Dodgeball, um, yep. featuring an extremely colorful cast, um, almost comically so. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, like, a, like, a, I, like not, Degrassi. Yes, that's right. Definitely. Um, uh, of uh, of people, young young guys and girls who uh, are playing dodgeball. One of them, Tomas, um, has never played dodgeball before. He's and is getting pwned on the court. I believe <laughs> is a dodge term. Absolutely. Um, and uh, this one, I would say, um, for to begin with, focused too much on the sport because the entire issue is just a... Um, it's just a game. Just a game of dodgeball. But they also don't tell you any of the rules. And I understand the basic rule, like, if you get hit by a ball, then you're out. Yeah, the, the, but, the, role of, the rule of dodgeball is dodge the ball. It's, right. in, it's in the title. Yes. But also... Also, throw like the ball. The you're right. Rules. You're right. Yeah. It should be called throw slash dodgeball. Yes. Um, and then you cut over everything. Um, but, yeah, this book, you know, it, it, it's funny. Some of the comedy, most of the comedy in it lands pretty well. Yeah. Um, as we meet all these different characters uh, on a kind of, you know, forever losing team. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have this panicking new guy, Tomas, trying to make sense of the game mm-hmm. while not getting hit by the ball. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I liked this so much. But then in the last few pages, you suddenly, it opens up and it kind of explains that like, you know, that, that there's been some friction on the team because the, the captain of the team is too busy to lead it. And um, suddenly this this guy who's never played dodge, dodgeball before in his life is uh, is put... He's now the captain, and um, then we learn that this team is the biggest cheaters in the league, mm. and that this guy has no idea what he signed up for. And I was like, "Oh, that's actually intriguing enough." And you see the heart. You know, there's this Tomas guy is going to be clearly like the heart of the the team and the book. Yeah, and I think that, that that's he's going to be the reason they're going to return for a second issue. I don't know if I'm going to. I I like what they were going for with this. But just I think that this first issue, they tried to pack way too much into it. Like, we didn't need to meet all of these characters in the first issue. And they do that, like, thing where you have a little, like, nine-panel page. Detested that page, yeah. Yeah, of just, like, introducing everyone. Um, And it just didn't... I really like Karamagi's art, but for me, this wasn't wasn't a win. And before they do that that nine panel, they're like, meme time, finish this sentence. That's not what a meme is. Yeah. People just think that meme means jokes. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, um, I don't know. A thing that we all repeat? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. It wasn't good. What's your favorite meme, Siobhan? I don't know. What's a meme? (laughs) Kermit drinking a thing? Kermit drinking a thing. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's fucking great. I my you yes. know my son Archie dressed up as Kermit drinking a thing. Yeah, you gave me the Kermit outfit to put my baby in. Yeah, which is an entirely new, different costume that I bought new and didn't just give you the, the, the <laughs> hand-me-down of. I would like it better. Than uh, if you look up um, baby Kermit costume, you'll see a complex article uh, from like four years ago that said like babies that absolutely owned uh, oh Halloween God. this year and Archie's number two on the list because <laughs> the post I put on, on, on uh, Twitter went viral. <laughs> Your baby did own Halloween. He did. Uh, it was such a good Kermit drinking a thing. <laughs> um, let's stop talking about memes, Siobhan, and oh, talk about uh, Green Hornet. Cool, I didn't read this. Tell me all about it. Issue one. So Green Hornet, famous pulp character. Um, bit of a film misstep, some would say, um, when they cast Seth Rogen. It's my favorite. It's my favorite movie. I actually like that movie. No, the Michelle Gondry Green Hornet movie. Did you like it? Uh, I watched it. It gets it gets panned, but I think it's it's a fun it's a fun romp. It has, fine. also has very very great credits if you watch them in three D because oh. they're like on like this weird angle. Cool. Pretty cool stuff. I liked the guy who was who's his slightly, Kato. Yeah, I liked Kato. Kato, who was played by um, a, a, an actor from somewhere in Asia, uh, who was in a movie that I for some reason own on DVD. It's called Kung Fu Dunk. <laughs> He's the star of it. What is that about? Uh, it's about a, man, a a guy who uses kung fu in basketball. I thought it would be heaps like Shaolin Soccer, which is a yeah. very fun comedy. Yeah, that's really it's good. It's not. It's really dumb. Uh-huh. That's a shame. <laughs> Whatever. He's Kato. He's not Kato in this book. Kato is an old man uh, oh. in this book, which is written by Amy Chu with art by... Oh, boy. Hey, you didn't read this book, but you want to read this this art, the artist's name? German Eramuspe. <laughs> <laughs> and colors by Brittany Pizzio. Um, this, uh, in this, in this iteration of Green Hornet, um, the original male Green Hornet has gone missing and, um, Kato and his daughter, okay. uh, are kind of wondering what to do about this situation. Who do they alert? And when criminals start dressing up as Green Hornet and kind of using the fact that he's missing to, uh, be a way to distract the, the world from, and allow them to get away with, with crimes and stealing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up to someone else to take the mantle of Green Hornet and who should that be but Kato's daughter. Great. Um, and so this issue, um, while certainly not bad, is just entirely set up. Um, we don't really... We were kind of introduced to the characters and this new setting that has called for a new Green Hornet to take the mask. Um, and I think I'm going to stick around to see what issue two is like before making the judgment on whether or not I read this book ongoing. But I think it was a good enough first issue for me to wonder how the second one's going to be. So I'll be sticking with it cool. for the time being. That's fun. Um, good writing from Amy Chu and, uh, and, and pretty solid art totally from a, from a dynamite book. Yeah, totally. Uh, by German Eremuspe. <laughs> I think that's exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> uh, Only Press put out a number one this week called The Ballad of Sang. Uh, written by Ed Brisson, with art by Alessandro Michelli, um, colors by Shari Chankama, and letters by Crank. Um, and Siobhan, this is, being, this is the last number one that you read, so you can describe what happened in it. Uh, there's like a, a <coughs> mute, half-blind baby assassin. Not Called, baby. Whose name is Sang. Whose name is Sang. He's like a child. He's like prepubescent, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't need to go into detail about... He's like hit, girl, hit girl's age. Yeah, he's like hit girl. Um, and he's sent to go and uh, threaten some Yakuza, but then he threatens them too much. Well, no, he's, he's, asked, he's tasked with cutting off one of, their, one, of the, one of the leader of the Yakuza's fingers. Yes. Um, and instead of taking just one, he t- cuts off all the fingers. And then the guy bleeds to death. 
and his boss is not impressed. So the boss comes and kills his old man mentor, mm-hmm. and then Sang goes on a murderous rampage. Yes, um, and it has and now all every every mob type in the in the underworld of wherever this is set has to go and track down this young kid. So there's all these like goofy gangs. So there's like a glam metal gang and what looks like a lady roller derby <coughs> gang and then a guy who appears to be like a sea captain slash doggy snuff film director. <laughs> Great. Gang. <laughs> Um, this didn't heaps appeal to me. Like, it was fine. But, yeah, this possibly um, sucked, but I enjoyed it enough. Yes. Yes, this possibly did suck, but it was fine. I probably won't read the next issue. No. Uh, me neither. Cool. Um, so, uh, a good, a good, that was probably your favorite number one then? Yeah, favorite number one, absolutely. Uh, my favorite number one this week was Rick and Morty presents The Vindicators. It was, and I read three pages. <laughs> Fuck, the rest is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, good. I just, it's very rare for a comedy to translate like like especially yeah. this kind of comedy yeah. that relies so much on like the the voice acting absolutely i don't I, I you know I, I know it's a popular comic among fans but i feel like, I feel like you have to be a pretty diehard fan to uh, enjoy yeah. these comic books yeah i agree not for me so those are all the number ones we're going to uh be reviewing on this episode and all of the levens you're going to be hearing in this episode thank goodness um, Siobhan, what was your favourite number one this week? Um, okay, it is a toss-up between Shade the Changing Woman, Gideon Falls, Prism Stalker. Wow. And what was this one? Highest House. Highest House, wow. And Dr. Star. Yeah, I'm just going to take the easy route out and go Dr. Star. They were all really good. Was, I think it was a really good week. Dr. Star was the only one that I had expectations for, and mm-hmm. it lived up to them, and, yeah. and then some. So, cool. Yeah. That's um, nice. Yeah, Gideon Falls, I was like, this will just be another Lemire book. You know, I wonder, I wonder what it's going to be. And it was awesome. But yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of great number ones this week. Um, if you have not picked up a new series in a while, um, you could pick at least five of these ones. Yeah, for sure. So what are you doing? Do it. Go to King's Comics. Where the, uh, the yeah, Comics Or 310 Pitt Street mm-hmm. um, in Sydney. And, uh, and pick these number ones up before they sell out. Yeah. Um, and every comic that you hear uh, on so far in the episode and for the rest of the episode uh, was uh, you can be you can find at King's Comics, uh, and you should definitely do that. Absolutely. And uh, as mentioned, they have a, a very exclusive mm-hmm. Action Comics number one thousand coming yep. in just a few weeks. It's going to be drawn really by Nicholas cool. Scott. And Nicholas is going to be signing it on the release date. It's going to be really fun. Check out the King's Comics Facebook page for more details. Amazing. Um, I know Siobhan will forget. Yeah, I will. So I'm just going to give all the social information out now. Thank you. And then you can just say goodbye at the end. Thank you. Um, so if you want to find us online, we are at facebook.com slash podcast, or you can find us um, in our group, which is uh, facebook.com slash groups slash podcast, and talk with many, many others um, that uh, love comics mm-hmm. just like us, just like you. Happy birthday, Rebecca. Happy birthday, Rebecca, one of our great admins mm-hmm. um, over in, in the group. Um, you can find us on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or individually at Siobhan CBG or at Levdog L-E-V-D-A-W-G um, I have two other podcasts if you want to check them out one of them is about pop culture and sometimes comic book movies or video games or whatever mm-hmm. it's called Hey Fam and the other one at the moment is um, about music it is a, a radio show that I host once a month called Old Raps that um, is kind of delving into different genres and eras of rap that um, I love a lot I just did one all about Inspired by the first scene of Black Panther, set um, it's all all artists in Oakland um, in the early nineties. So if that appeals to you, go check it out. Old raps. Cool. Um, Siobhan, what's your plans for the rest of this episode? What's going on? Um, so I'm going to be doing the Marvel comics with um, my lovely boyfriend Nate, mm-hmm. the lovely Nate, 
And your then, lovely boyfriend, Nate. That's um, how I'm going to describe him at all times now. <laughs> and then we're splitting the rest of it up between the King's comic staff. So Talia is going to do, I think, the Image comics with me. Two thumbs up. Um, Jim said he would try and read some of the DC comics, which probably means I'll be doing DC by myself. Thanks a lot, Jim. You lazy. Hey, he he, he read all his number ones for me that time. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. Don't 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 lose all hope yet. Mm, you don't work with Jim. <laughs> um, and Scott, I don't know. We'll see. Also, also, I know Tiles is doing. Um, I know she loves being called Tiles too. <laughs> <laughs> um, is is doing uh, image, um, but a Savage Dragon issue came out this week. Oh, so you gotta no, read it. Maybe, you, oh, maybe get Jim to read it. it. Yeah. All right. Special, um, special. And at least describe one of the particularly not sexy moments that happened. In yes. <laughs> um, before I go, I just want to say that I read the final issues of uh, two runs that I've enjoyed quite a lot of. Um, one of them was the final issue of Hawkeye. Talk about first things first, and I'll, do, yeah. and I'll do last things second. What a great issue, um, huh? Great issue. I, 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 you're, you're in depth with, uh, with Nate, but um, I thought it was a really beautiful farewell to uh, uh, a book that I think is going to, you know, a few years down the track, be like, oh, yeah, that was a really, really great run yeah. and a great celebration of this character and, and also the, the old Hawkeye, too. Absolutely, and probably the launching of Kelly Thompson and both Leonardo Romero's careers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the other series that finished uh, is an image book, so you and Talia will talk about it later in the episode. But the um, final issue of Extremity came out, mm. um, written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. And um, I just got to say, this book was fucking moving. Have you read it yet? No, no, no. Man, yet. this has been like, uh, this is an absolute, I hope they do a 12-issue collection of, yeah. of every of every issue. Big oversized one. Um, because I would love to read it all in one ch- one chunk. But um, this was uh, for a final issue, like fucking hell. It's, it's like, it's... It's action with a small amount of pathos. A lot. A lot it kicks you in the, in the guts, actually. But uh, I thought it was an excellent, excellent farewell to this great series. Nice. I'm excited to read it. And this is going to be an excellent, excellent farewell to this great man. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good holiday. Have a Enjoy good rest yourself. of this episode. I will. Bye. Bye. Phew, finally Levens is gone. Now we can now we can really talk, am I right guys? Levens is dead. Levens is dead. We killed him. <laughs> no. Levens is in New Zealand, which is as good as being dead, am I right? Um we were just mid conversation uh Siobhan, hello. And I'm joined by Nate, my lovely boyfriend. I'm Siobhan's boyfriend. He's I'm, my lovely boyfriend. I'm Nate. The lovely Nate. Um anyway, we were just mid talking about how Levens did like Infinity Countdown once mm. one, sorry. And I didn't heaps. What did you think? Wait, why didn't you like it? No, it was fine. It was just fine. Mm. I didn't hate it. It was just... I'm not reading Guardians of the Galaxy. I find those characters reasonably annoying. I thought it was okay, but it was a continuation of a story that I'm not reading. So it was hardly a number one. Hardly. All right. Yeah, I, I agree with you, I suppose. But I think that the I think the Infinity Stones map and the little... Intro and outro. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that was cool. Look, he's making a helm. That helm. What's a helm? It's like a helmet. So so why don't I just write helmet? Because it's old-timey. I don't know. So, I don't know where that's supposed to be set. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's exciting. And then there's one at the end again. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, I pretty much spoiled it. <laughs> what do you mean spoiled it? Oh, you told him already. Well, I didn't, I didn't say the name, but... Also, I don't know if you knew this, but mm. that, when she's like, oh, I'm in Madripoor, uh-huh. and she's talking about, I spent a few, you know, last time I was here, mm-hmm. I'll have to kill whoever it is, whoever, uh, the other man who knew about this place, blah, blah, it's with Cap and Wolverine, it's that... Yeah, I know. Okay, you already knew. 
Well then, why didn't you, well, then why didn't you like it so much? I liked the end scene. The end credits was good. The, the post-credit scene. I'm, there's like ten things you could talk about in this comic that are good. Of course it's good. It all sums up to good. Good plus good plus Wait, you good. liked all the stupid Groot stuff? I, I, all the middle bit? I could care very... I could care less about Groot. But look, I liked look it the when, art. There's a yeah, pregnant one. I liked Pregnant Nova. I liked that the gardener doesn't wear any underpants. There were a couple of things that I liked. But yeah. I wasn't... I don't think it was like all over a great issue. Look. Five good equals good. Right. So good, good rating you. system. All right, let's move on. Um, Rise of the Black Panther issue three, written by um, Evan Narcisse, consulted by Tanahisi Coates, with art by Paul Renaud, 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 um, and color art by Stefan Petrow. No, Stephanie. Steph- no. The, the accents over the e. The first e. Stephanie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not how accents work. Um, did you like this issue? I did. It's quite wordy. The art isn't mm. brilliant, but I like all of the like political stuff of Wakanda becoming, you know, introducing themselves to the to the world stage. Yeah, I had a question for you about this. Are they just going straight from where the movie ended? No, this is like in comics continuity. Right. Um, this has already been going for a couple of issues. So we saw like the history of King T'Chaka and then how he died and then mm-hmm. how T'Challa gets the throne and now we're up to this bit where he's like guys we can't hide ourselves from the world any longer that's what I'm saying but that's where they ended maybe that was on purpose that's where the movie ended it was like we can't hide no yeah more. maybe but this is issue three anyway it's, it is it is thematically and like similar to the movie yeah so I understand why it came out now I liked it. I agree with you I liked it I'm a little bored of Bucky being like, oh, that's crazy, I'm an assassin, I don't remember. Yeah, but it's the past. It's past Winter Soldier. Oh, this is past, too. Yeah, it's okay, all in the past. cool square hoop earrings. Didn't you used to have those? No, but I'd, right. I'd love them. Well, neat. Um, and then Doom shows up at the end? Doom's at the end, yeah, it's pretty good. This was a lot about the Marvel Universe that I like. And I like the um, dialogue between T'Challa and Shuri. I think that they get that sort of brother-sister relationship really right. Yeah. I liked it. No doubt. I don't know what I don't know what Tan Easy Coates is as a consultant. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know he's probably saying he says that every single. I think he's probably just making sure that it sort of fits in with his what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Make sure that the whole Black Panther umbrella is all thematically cohesive. Also, is vibranium just code for weed? Uh, no, okay. no, it isn't. Because it absorbs no. vibes. Well, no, what? Still, no. <laughs> absorbs right. vibes? I'm just saying. Think That's about what it. weed does? Think about it. You no, like... I refuse to think about <laughs> it. Let's move on. Okay. Captain America issue 699, written by Mark Wade, with art by Chris Samney and colors by Matthew Wilson. Very, very beautiful issue. Very beautiful. As issue. always. I agree with Chris you. Samney is a delight. A delight. A constant delight. I'm excited that he is moving away from Marvel after this is over and that he's going to be working on some creator and stuff. I think there's a lot of, like... I think he has a lot of cool ideas that he hasn't so necessarily Sammy's had. So going to go into his own, his own lane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's finished up his Marvel-exclusive constra- contract, uh-huh. and so he's leaving Marvel, and he said he's, gonna, he's working on some creator and stuff, which I huh. think will be really cool. Mark Wade is going to write something else. He's moving into politics. <sighs> <laughs> I made that up. That's not true. No, like... I know it's not true, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. He is writing something else. Spider-Man? I can't remember. Whatever. But 
uh ta Coates is going to take over Captain America. What did you think of this issue? I medium liked it. Mm. I think my big problem with Captain America and this run in particular is that it's very focused on like America. And I understand that he is Captain America. But I just think that it's not the time for nationalism in this world that we live in. Um, and I think it's like mm. lame. But I like the art. I like the basic story. I like the idea of Cap being like pushed ahead again in time. I think mm. that's really fun. I like that the thing is in it. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a pretty good issue, except for a couple of slightly cringy moments of, like, America, freedom, hope, the best place in the world. It's pretty cringy. You're right. It's a bit cringy. But it's good to see Cap, you know. Always good to see Cap. Charging through the, you know, war or Mm. whatever. Yep. I don't know. I wish that they'd shown me more about this man who's a dog. He's just in the background all the time. With, like, an overcoat? He's just wearing clothes. Stands up a lot. Tell me more about this dog. <laughs> There's a lot of potential here. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's um, Astro. Who's Astro? Oh, Cosmo? Cosmo. Cosmo. No, it's not. What's the DC one? Uh, crypto? Crypto. Mm. Maybe it's Crypto. Maybe it's Crypto. Crypto never wears pants. He's just a dog who can fly. What about this one? Um... <laughs> this one Hawkeye issue 16 written by Kelly Thompson with art by Leonardo Romero I believe who is going to be taking over uh, art duties on Captain America which I think is a great call oh yeah um, right. and colors by Geordie Belair is this the last issue of the run or I, I believe it is the final issue unless there is like one more farewell issue but I'm pretty sure it is just um, this is the last one it says oh. the end with three question marks Okay, but who are they? The end of what? The end of the creator team? Um, the end of this particular book. I think that Kelly Thompson is going to be doing something else with Kate Bishop uh-huh. character, uh-huh. but Hawkeye is finished now. Or Lesser Hawkeye. Hawkeye? Is that what they called her in this? No. They called her uh, Second Hawkeye, <laughs> yeah, Number Two yeah, Hawkeye, yeah. something like that. I loved this. I thought Ooh. this was a killer issue. I think they really um, finished this arc really well. I think that over the last how many, how many issues, they've done an incredible job of like developing um, Kate Bishop's character, a really great um, visual style. I think Leonardo Romero has come leaps and bounds, even just in the last 16 issues. I think the relationship between Kate and um, Clint, they did really, really beautifully. I think that this, like, finishing this arc of, um, you know, Kate trying to find her mum... And that really heartbreaking scene with the girl Eden and her baby made me emotional. Mm. Um, I loved this. Did you like it? I did. I think I agree with you. I think the the artist Romero, mm-hmm. just like you said, really found the style. I think the the Aja faction yeah. run was obviously like the the best ever in yeah. recent times of Hawkeye. Yeah, and she even says in her, the back matter, she's like, what was I thinking? Like, this total newbie to writing comics, just being like, yeah, I want to write Hawkeye, mm-hmm. following on from, like, the most successful, most popular mm-hmm. series. But the, the the Aja art on that went a really classic way mm-hmm. in the end, and this, I feel like, has sort of found its way independently yeah. to that classic Aja style. Who is that guy? He is uh, Kate's boyfriend. He can turn to rock? Yes, but this is the first we've heard of it. So his name's just Johnny, and he can turn into rock. Yeah, but we don't know why, and that is, like, a loose thread at the end of this Uh issue. Also, I don't fuck... Excuse me. I don't mess with... Because there's a lot of kids listening to the podcast. Yeah. It's too late. (laughs) Corrupted now forever. 
Like, you got Swordsman. Yeah. And Lady Bullseye. Yeah. And whoever else, Boomerang, all outside. And you just like, oh, I'll just fire arrows at him from the roof. You can't just get Lady Bullseye with a fishnet arrow. If you recall when she showed up in... But I think you'll notice that they did. <laughs> they did get her with a fishnet arrow. Therefore, you can get Lady Bullseye with a fishnet arrow. All right, but just, you know... Mm. Come on, look. They're really good at arrows. That's their whole thing. <laughs> of course they're good at it. They've bitten Lady Bullseye before. And that's a gorgeous double-page spread. And I think that Romero got really, really good at doing action. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah. But just that, you can't know. Come on. Yes, you can. You can, and they did. <laughs> um, okay, something very close to your heart. Rogue and Gambit. Issue three also written by Kelly Thompson, ah. with art by uh, Perry Perez, and colours by Frank Diamata. Uh, I like this arc. I think it's good fun. Good. Me too. I think Kelly Thompson has really developed as a writer in the last, like, two years. I think she's mm-hmm. great. Oh, oh, look right there. That yeah, that's a sexy, sex scene. The yeah. costume they're in, that's not what I was talking about. Oh, yes, sorry. also it's a sexy, sex scene. That is um, when they went to the Shi'ar. Okay. And Joe Mad drew it. Yeah. And it was great. I just wanted to tell you that. And also, all the podcasters, podcast listeners out there, they should look that up. Okay. Good. Joe Mad drew it, and they went to the... Do you know who wrote it? No. It was... Less oh. important than Okay, well, in, well, people don't even know what's going on. In okay. this issue, Rogue and Gambit have to go to, you know, relationship counseling. Couples counseling. And then they have to fight all the past versions of themselves. And one of them is wearing this dope costume that they had to wear when they were in space. Mm-hmm. And... Joe Mad drew it, and everyone should look that up because it's the Bomb Squad. Cool. Um, I thought this episode was great. Yeah, it's a great issue. I love the like references to their past. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the reference to an outfit which you have even told me about Rogue wearing that was obviously extremely um, imprinted on your young virginal brain. You know where she's wearing like a little crop top and uh, jean shorts? That one. Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what was I thinking? And he's like, I know what I was thinking. Am yeah, I right? Not... right? No, I'm not high-fiving you. Uh, anyway, this was great. I loved it. I think that Kelly Thompson is excellent. I like the art. art I like banging. this arc. Art is great. But I, I don't really know if... Would really, would one Gambit win against five Gambits? He did, though. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> this, is a fun, this is a fun conversation to have with me. God, I hate podcasting. This is so stressful. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. I guess they're like you know, you know, not. And but who's this lavish? Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of lavish before. It's not a good name. No. And what's with that costume? It looks like Belladonna. Maybe it's Belladonna. Who's Belladonna? Gambit's ex-wife. Whoa! She's super power- powered up. He had to leave her at the altar. Whoa! Is she a thief? thief Whatever the person? other one. Or he's a Morlocks. thief, so... No, no. <laughs> assassin. He's a thief, so the other group is assassins. Right. Well, sounds amazing. Um, okay. Let's stick with the X-Universe. We yeah, also sure. had X-Men Red, issue two, by Australia's own Tom Taylor, who's going to be at Free Comic Book Day at King's Comics on May 5th. Um, and art by Mahmoud Azra, who will not be at Free Comic Book <laughs> Art's Day. Art's pretty great on this Yeah, one. art's great. Colors also by Ives Fortuna. Good name. Mm-hmm. Um... So this is the Jean Grey-led team with Nightcrawler, Namor, Wolverine, and Honey Badger. And in the last issue, we saw 
the classic like Jean Grey goes to the UN to be like, look, guys, mutants are people, but then someone makes it look like Jean Grey exploded a lady's brain. Had, yeah. Um, and so then the mutants have to go into hiding in Wakanda. Also, this is future, past Jean Grey. This is regular Jean Grey. Okay. This is just Jean Grey back from the dead. No past, no future. And it is impossible for any girl in this universe to brush the hair out of their ass. No, yeah, everyone's got a big swoopy fringe. I like this new kind of vibe for Jean Grey, which is just- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's like wears activewear and sneakers everywhere. <laughs> She's just always in like Lord leggings. What about, who's that? His name is Gentle. He's a new mutant who is very, very powerful, but if he uses his powers, it really hurts. Why has he just got Manifold's costume on? I don't think he does have manifolds. Doesn't manifold just have like the little markings on him, blah, blah, blah? No, but manifolds is like paint. He's like all oaked up. Because he's. Bobby Digital. Yes. He's an indigenous man. Um, anyway, I really, really like this issue. Again, I think it's good. I think Tom Taylor's doing good things with this team, mm. this X universe. I, I saw you read this and you're like, that's so great. That's how you finish comics. That's how I finish all things. That was amazing. I love that. <laughs> um, I didn't really like it, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. I don't know, but I can't really tell you why. It's just not really my flow. It's, it's just really... not your... It's not what you like to see in X-Men. Mm, speaking of what I like to see in X-Men... I, I, hope, I hope that the podcast universe heard that. This is X-Men Gold. Yes. Look, the cover is... First of all, first of all the cover is kind of arousing. You are... Insane. <laughs> you are Look, actually mental. Oh, smoky eye. You know, so oh, yeah, she's looking. got all these X's on her. <laughs> um, this is written by Mark Guggenheim with art by Tony Silas and colors by Arif Prianto. Okay, and first of all, just like Infinity Prime, it starts with a cool, like, prologue. Who's that guy? I don't know. Real powerful. That's going to be trouble later. Oh, no. Yeah, they're all in prison. I can't even remember how they got there because I stopped reading this book because it sucks. <laughs> You're out of control. This, she's in jail because 
you know. Because mutants. They killed a bunch of people. And then there's a lady with an eye patch. That's Callisto. God, that's Callisto. God, I don't even know who Callisto is. Callisto, she's trouble. Look. Yeah, I she's got the vibe. She's trouble. the Morlocks. Also, look, they're just in jail getting... And look. Just when I thought I was out, huh, Rogue? Nobody's ever really out or dead. It's just like a bunch of cliches all in a row. And that's what you want? That's what you like? Yeah. It's that's called, what's good? It's called the X-Men. What I wish do you think? That, I wish Iceman had any kind of like consistent personality across books. Yeah. In this, he's like this weirdly serious, like cranky man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And, he, and, and look at this. Ink? Yeah. Is that the guy whose tattoos come to life? You gotta assume. You'll note here that he has no tattoos. He has no tattoos. That is true. <laughs> Armor looks like she's in a K-pop band. And then, like, Magma? Who's Magma? I don't know who Magma Me is. Me neither. I guess she has volcano-based powers. Amara Akiya. Beautiful. Um, this comic made me, like, laugh hysterically. Yeah, I know. And I just and, had to like, keep my mouth shut because I know we are going to talk it about down. it on, the, on television. A, this dumb interlude where there's... We discover a new evil guy who lives underneath Manhattan in the subways, and his name is the Shredded Man. Yeah. What's he getting shredded for? Hey. <laughs> Shredding for stereo? <laughs> for Jumanji Festival, obviously, in Paramount Park today at 6 p.m. Thanks, Uncle Draws. Anyway. <laughs> doesn't shredded, make any sense shredded, to anyone. Shredded Man has been in Spider-Man just recently, I think. I, may, I might have been He is not, because I read Spider-Man. Okay, like a year ago or something, Shredded Man. I feel like Shredded Man was there when, like, the spot turned up. Remember that funny No, he wasn't. Samney group. Anyway, look, he chops up the subway, and then he can, like, use it as tentacles. What's the problem? Then... Then so- there's, like, a big... <laughs> A lady in the fucking women's prison whose name is Crazy Maisie. And she says, ain't nothing that'll secure my place at the top like taking down three actual ex-pukes. That's how, that's how tough people talk. That's, Listen, that's a real thing. And like then to, she goes... I would like to bring to your attention... Sorry, she goes, they call me Crazy Maisie. You slags are about to find out why. Yeah, well, I guess they're about to find out. <laughs> She's going to punch him. She's got yeah. green hair. Well, she seems crazy. She's huge. Look, yeah. Aurora's not short anyway. Then they don't have their powers. That's a bad issue. You, I don't like X Men. Out of your damn mind. It's not. It's not good. Look, it's it's not, it doesn't really check out as like a <laughs> storytelling masterpiece for sure. But look, bang! There's Peter, Piotr fending off an entire prison. This is bad. It's not. It's bad. You have said nothing good. Nothing good. It's came very from that okay. Issue. Here's my here's for the fans of X Men. If you're a fan of X Men and you like cheesy one liners all in a row and stories that don't really check out, but a lot of people posing, this is the episode for you. Well, that sounds incredible. Also, there's a sexy on the top. What's going on? She's in bondage. She's not in bondage. <laughs> She's bound. Next, moving you're on. The worst. Um, okay, Doctor Strange Damnation, written by Nick Spencer and Johnny Cates, with art by Simon Kudransky, I believe, and colors by Dan Brown. Well, I want to hear if you're going to get this right or wrong, because you got the last one wrong, so maybe you'll get this one right. I quite like this. Okay, good. Check. I think this is really good fun. I was slightly don't, I don't really understand why it's a separate, like, event. I think this could just exist in the main Doctor Strange story. I don't really understand why it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But the team up of, like, Wong and Ghost dog bats and blade and iron fist and dr voodoo Voodoo. Iceman. 
Elsa Bloodstone, Iceman. I'm just kidding. I just threw that in. Um, Man Thing. Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight. A lot of good stuff in here. I think this is good fun. Yeah, that's great. Um, It's kind of corny how they like they're turning Ghost Riderdom into like a Venom thing that just can happen to anyone. Yeah, they're all Ghost Riders now. Oh, there's a Ghost Rider Thor. That's crazy. It's kind of crazy though. But I know. Yeah, but who says they can't be a Ghost Rider Thor? Because when you have then you have a Ghost Rider Cat and you have a Ghost Rider, whatever the fuck. It's kind of just you know. It's like in that new Avengers Bendis stuff when they made the Venom bomb and then everyone was Venoms. Or when you play Marvel Lego 2 and just there's always a Venom around. It's kind of annoying. It's kind yeah. of annoying. It's kind of annoying. I think it's like a fun threat in this idea. Like it's this really B-list team who now have to go up against the Avengers who are now also Ghost Riders. It's pretty fun. Yeah, no, no doubt. But just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he was the hater. I'm a player and a hater. How's there another X-Men left? No, oh, there isn't. I just put that at the bottom of the pile. Um, and last, there wasn't, it wasn't a huge Marvel week. Mostly because there was a bunch of stuff that I didn't pick up. Because I refused to read Venom. Cold World. Um, but the last issue that we have to talk about is Black Bolt, issue 11. Written by Saladin Ahmed and art by Christian Ward. What do you think of this book? Uh, I thought it was neat. Cool. Um, but I don't know if it was what I like out of comic books. Yeah, it's not, like, as we've established, you are a big fan of, like, Jim Lee, 90s X-Men, big sort of static tableaus and, uh... Comic, so you mean yeah. comic books is what mm, you mean. Comic books no, as a medium. No, Comic not books I mean. as the Lord intended. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, this is a bit more experimental, a little bit strange. The salad, uh, Christian Ward's art is, like, very non-traditional for superhero comics, but mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great. I think they've done like I really, love it too. I like it a lot. Really engaging stuff with the character of Black Bolt, with Ahura, with this little girl Blinky. Mm. I think it's great. I think this is a really great book, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. And I love the sort of slight pandering of bringing characters back that we love and we're sad to see go. I like it, and I think I think this artist is getting more and more like a comic book artist. But it's just it's a little extra edgy for me a little too wild yeah I think if you liked stuff like um, Tom King's The Vision series mm-hmm. stuff that's like a little bit less a little bit yeah a little bit non-traditional for superhero comics then you'll enjoy this book a lot or The Wild World and Avengers and Electra you know that person oh uh, Del Mundo yeah 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 yeah, yeah. absolutely but, n- but nicer than that he's like midway between Fraser Irving and Mike Del Mundo yep <laughs> anyway, our baby's woken up, so we have to go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right. Right. Hello again, friends. Um, you know what I just realized after I finished recording that first bit with Nate is I never rolled a dice. So let's just pretend I did and don't tell Levens. Deal. Great. Thank you. Um, okay, so now we're going to be doing the DC Comics. And I am joined by my my good friend and yours, Mr. Jimothy Porno Jimmy <laughs> Jim Papa Gregorio. Savage Dragon! I'm oh, sorry. No. Wrong. And I, I've, I've destroyed Jim's whole life by asking him to do the DC Comics instead of the Image Comics in a week in which there was a Dirty Savage Dragon comic. She made me read comics. <laughs> 
I think you understand how hard that is to do, guys. Yeah, it's tough. Um, okay, so we're doing the DC Comics as previously established. What do you want to kick off with? Let's kick off with Justice League. So this is issue 40 of Justice League, written by Christopher Priest, or just Priest, as he tends to go by now. Art by Pete Woods, colours by Chris Sotomayor. Um, so this is the ongoing storyline called Justice Lost, which sees Batman no longer as the head of the Justice League. Well, no, now it's Cyborg, and it's actually... That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a better team. Yeah, but, well, I mean, the whole thing here is it's leading into the uh, No Justice event that's going to happen in a couple of months where... Um, pretty much all of DC's Justice League teams are going to split uh, and the big guns like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman and Flash get their own teams. Kind of like X-Men Blue and Gold, right? Sort of, yeah. I mean, they all get their own colour-coded costumes but, I mean, look, I'm I'm kind of geeking out over it just because Superman's team is going to be uh, it's going to consist of like half-villains. Mm. Sinestro is going to be in it and Amazingly, Starro the Conqueror is going to be in it. And so weird. No, no, not weird. Awesome. Giant starfish. Space Look, starfish. And it's going to be great. I'm very into it. But, but yeah, I mean, th- this issue was, you know... It, it, it's it, a good issue. I it really was. Like. It was a lot of bitching. Between, yeah. tw- between the members. So it was like, you know, it was like an episode of Friends, but with super costumes on. That's and, exactly why I read superhero no, comics. That's exactly it. But, you know, it, it was great, and it's also showing, I think, a little bit of an upgrade for uh, Cyborg as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. You know, that other um, character who's got control over, well, partial the control. The fan. The fan. Um, it, it's looking pretty cool, although, you know, he, he he is starting to look a little Robocop to me. Yeah, I'm into it, though. Yeah, you into it? Yeah. I, look, for me, the perfect Cyborg costume is the classic where he's got like his thigh out and he's all like am I a man am I a machine but this with like a cool see-through arm also cool yeah I I don't know it'd look kind of weird if maybe the entire costume ends up being see-through because hot not (laughs) (laughs) no um a couple of things I really like about this I think Christopher Priest is really really great at getting a bunch of really disparate characters and giving them all a moment yeah he's nailing that I mean especially with Frost Absolutely. Frost is turning quickly turning into just this great, awesome character who was just ridiculously two dimensional. Um, you know, even in the New Fifty Two reboot. But now, I love her. Yeah, really. Love excellent. her, love her, love her. And I like her more in this than in their own Justice League series. So this is yes. the Justice League of America team and Justice League it, squaring off yeah, for some reason. Well, well, the reason is sales, yeah. and the <laughs> reason is. We are going to, you know, completely, or DC are going to completely reboot uh, the Justice League line. I think, is it Jeff Johns that's coming on? No, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder, sorry. Boo. Yeah, well, it could have been Tom King. No, I know. Okay. Um, um, Yeah, no, look, I I think where they're going with this is interesting. Yeah. It's it's kind of a soft lead up, though. I I think, you know what, I think I'm going to be disappointed when Christopher Priest stops writing the team. I think this has been the most fun the Justice League has been since before the new 52 yeah and it's definitely the closest to the kind of justice league book i like and i also think that christopher priest does a great job of uh doing kind of high sciencey stuff and having it be still enjoyable still readable and semi-believable yeah you know so what I mean? not, not not completely in the bounds of fantasy i suppose absolutely yeah look i mean it's been a while since i've read 
a Justice League book, but I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. Exactly. I have a point to make about all of the DC books. Is this going to be the Bender Sad? Yes. Ah! Okay, so every single DC comic at the moment has this incredibly confronting two-page spread that just has a really, a really hideous Jim Lee Well, that's the Superman. cover to 1000. I don't care. It's ugly. Well, yeah, but it's still the... Anyway, so it says Bendis is coming. Uh, Too much information. Absolutely. Yeah. With this, like, no-dicked Superman. Well, it's it's kind of shadow-dicked Superman. It's, you know... Yeah. Does he have a dick? Does he not? It's a mystery. Who could possibly say? You don't need to ring the dong alert, because you're not quite sure. But at least he's got the 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 Rich Grundy's back on, you know? Well, anyway, it's a horrible ad, and I find it confronting and upsetting. Moving on, let's talk about <laughs> Superman issue forty-two. Yay! Written by Patrick Fleeson, yes. with art by Peter Tomasi. What the Peter fuck's his J. name? Tomasi? Peter J. Tomasi. Peter J. Tomasi. Who should draw everything, everything, because he's an awesome artist and I love him. And I mean, look, whenever DC put Bizarro in a comic. Mm-hmm. I don't care what that comic is. I'm going to read it. Bizarro fucking sucks, Jim. Uh, I, I, that, will, I will deal you, with a huge That's amount. it. We're done. Shut it all down. I'm going home. See you. What? <laughs> I will deal with a Like, I can cope with weird, like, language ticks and things like that. But genuinely expecting me to read a full issue of exclusively Bizarro talk? Yeah. Fuck you, buddy. Absolutely so not. So wait, is it Bizarro talk now? Does that mean you actually love him? I'm, no! I'm, no, okay. No! This sucks. No, no. And Bizarro Kid is hideous and horrifying and I He's don't like it. He's supposed to be! Sucks. Bizarro, Bizarro sucks. Bizarro has been one of my favourite characters Why? for the longest time. Why? Why? Because he and Bizarro. Ah, oh, that's not a reason. No, 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 look, 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 even on the cover you get a Bizarro crypto and a Bizarro streaky Aesthetically, this... aesthetically, Bizarro, great. Second he opens his and, mouth, but fuck you know what? You. No, you, you know what? This kind of actually kind of gave me the feeling of the Vision miniseries from Marvel, with, yeah. With, you know, Bizarro with his whole family now and a son and pets and all that, trying to be, you know, he and Bizarro trying to be a hero, and he's very, very, very bad at it. Yes. But when you're Bizarro, that means you're very good at it. But like, <laughs> I spent the whole issue being like, what is anyone talking about? Why am I doing this to myself? Oh, I, yeah, it's so annoying. I, maybe because I've been reading it, like, I've been reading Bizarro stuff since the early 80s. Yeah. Uh, whenever they, you know, DC was, you know, smart enough to put him in a book. And I've gotten used to the whole opposite mm. way of reading things. Yeah, I'm maybe. actually surprised they didn't print this issue backwards. See, that's too See, clever. See, I would have done that. That's too clever but, for them. Uh, it, look, uh, I, uh, this whole Bizarroverse thing is super entertaining. I really, really liked where they're going with it, and the and the whole thing between um, Bizarro's super son and Jonathan Kent, I think, yeah. is going to be pretty damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a no, couple of things. No, it isn't. it isn't because it's just a thing I don't like that you do like. A couple of things that were good though. I like the family dynamic back again. Yes, that was very cute. Yeah, um, with the non-Bizarro family, just the regular family. Uh, but also... well, 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 Lois catching out Superman on, on stuff is yeah. always awesome. Always cute. Dis- always although fun. it does make you question, why didn't you catch him out of Superman over the last eighty years or so, Lois? Yeah. Give yeah. me a fucking break. Come on, Lois. I mean, fucking idiot. Uh, I'm supposed to be an investigative journalist. Christ yeah, already. all right. But, um, you know what's another point? Yeah. I think that <laughs> Patrick Gleason has made them quite Christian. Is that 
is that something that has existed before? I like the final sort of scene of this is um, I, I, I know, John Nathan I know what Kent you mean. Yeah, with, the, a with little, a prayer and doing everything. Doing a prayer, and I'm not opposed to it, but it's just neither am I. But hasn't Superman always had that kind of Jesus complex? Yeah. Like you know, since even before they killed him. Yeah. Um, it, it's always been kind of like the typical midwestern family yeah that's what they want to be and that's where they're they're kind of reaching for it in the, in, in this issue and the way they're yeah. writing him a little bit but i can understand why they're doing it i can but i just don't know if it's a great call i don't know i, I think maybe it, it's something that you may see uh, it, despite the fact that super Sons is getting cancelled it's it's another thing that um damien can make fun of yeah jonathan for you know maybe you know that's, that's where i see it kind of going but I could be wrong. Um, all right, well, let's uh, talk more about Christopher Priest. We should have done that after Justice League. I'm not oh. as good at, as Levin. No, 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 yeah, we, we don't segue very well. Sorry, folks. Um, so issue 29 of Deathstroke, again by Christopher Priest, with art by Someone Neves. Someone Neves. Neves. Where the... Diogenes Neves. What a great name. Is that really the name? Yeah. It's right. Oh, nice. Okay. Inks by Trevor Scott. Colours by Jeremy Cox. Great. Thank you. Um, so this is kind of feels like everything's coming to a head a little bit for Deathstroke. Yeah, but isn't it... Do, am I the only one here or did you get, like, just the word obvious on, on the cover? <laughs> When when Deathstroke got his own team together yeah. and it all became very Teen Titans yeah. with the white costumes and we all knew it was going to end badly. Yeah, of course. It was going to end horribly. People are going to get stabbed. Yes. There there are going to be people walking away going, "I hate you, Dad," and yes. all that sort of shit. It, it was like, yeah, okay, we knew this was, this was going to happen. Yeah, for sure. But I didn't necessarily expect Deathstroke to end up in Arkham. Spoilers. Oh, spo- oh, well done. Um, no, look. Am I supposed to say spoilers after I spoil it? That's yeah, how it that's works, right? Well, you're doing the bizarro way. But look, yeah, I, I didn't expect that. But again, it wasn't a massive thing for me. It was just like, oh, he'll break out in 30 minutes. Yeah, but is he actually crazy? Like, is there genuinely an implant? Or- Wait, do, have you ever questioned that he's actually crazy? No, but like, is he, is he hallucinating? Yeah, this? well, that's, that's the thing. Is or he is hallucinating the whole thing? I don't know. But... I like it. I think it's clever. I think Christopher Priest has had all these cool little threads of story that have been going through this whole time, and now it's all starting to come together and finally make sense. I always bit. had a problem reading Deathstroke when he's unmasked. Right. And you do see a fair bit of this, especially, you know, in the last yeah. few issues. Because uh, that kind of... It gives a face to this terrorist. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. This, this assassin. And I, I'm just one of those people, maybe it's just me, but I don't want Deathstroke humanised. Yeah, yeah. Making him, like, a person yeah, kind of spoils a little bit. I don't want him... Hum- I want him to be this kind of, like, force that... Yeah, this unstoppable force. Yeah, but he's always had these extremely human... Um, like motivations for what he does because it's all about his kids. It's all about his family. Yeah. I I also, while I was reading this, um, it was awesome seeing um, the new Superman getting knocked uh, around like a rag doll. That was great. But uh, I also see little bits and pieces of this going into the upcoming Batman versus Deathstroke thing that's happening later on in the year. Mm -hmm. And look, it's cool and that, but yeah, uh, to to, to paraphrase you, it it wasn't for me. Nah. 
Very much for me. Very enjoyable. All right, you read a bunch of stuff that I didn't read because I asked. Oh wait, you to. Well, <laughs> hey, wait, wait. Let's say we've, we've got one more. We've got oh, Batman. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Want to go to Batman? All right, let's do Batman. Oh, so, Issue forty-two um, by my favorite creator and yours, <laughs> Tom King, with excellent art by Mikhail Janin. Yanin? Yanin? And know. colors by Jun Chung. Chung. Uh, so this is continuing the Everyone Loves Ivy. I know. Story arc. I do. She's one of my favorite characters. She I is one of. Love Ivy. She's one of the all time greats. Um, so this is like the world's being controlled by Ivy. Everyone knows For everything. Reasons. Well, the reasons were, you know, she wants. She wants her planet to stay, you know. Was to stick around, and in her twisted mind, it's just like, well, if I take over the planet and take over everyone, yeah. including the Justice League, yeah, ev- everyone will be better for it, won't they? Yeah. No. I mean, it's not the most <laughs> compelling, like Poison Ivy version I... that I've ever heard. And making her this, like, I like Poison Ivy, and I'm not trying to be like, this is what the character is, and therefore there can never be any other interpretations, because that's an annoying thing to think. Well, yeah. But this sort of like slightly pathetic like oh I killed some people and then I felt bad about it yeah, so now okay. I control everything so I have to I need to show that I can be redeemed well yeah she doesn't need to worry about it she killed some people they're mulch now yeah exactly you know they're feeding Went trees back into the planet. yeah thank you but um, it, it, it's I think Tom King is taking that part of poison ivy that we've had for decades where she you know controls her plants and controls certain mm. parts of Gotham City didn't she control like um the, the park for a while yeah but making it on a global scale yeah making it so that like what is it because is it like anyone who ate a salad now yeah is controlled a, a, by ivy a, anyone who smoked some weed <laughs> you, you know can, was well controlled. you're fucked Jim well I'm so <laughs> fucked um but the thing is the, the interesting thing that the Tom King did with this mm. is with the Justice League because now with what you know especially with Selena and Bruce yeah the Justice League have become Batman's babysitters yeah. You know, especially someone with the power of Superman. She's just got him... Yeah, she bops Bruce in the face real hard with Superman. Yeah, well, Superman's just kind of using his X-ray vision to look at Bruce and see what he's doing to make sure that Ivy's plans aren't being fucked up. But, in the meantime, Superman could have saved yes. a million people. Yes. And, you know, there's that you know, dichotomy there. Yeah. But, you know, look, it, it, it's cool, and I really kind of like the... The way Bruce and Selena are playing off against each other? I don't. I don't find... All, I don't, they already seem like a married couple. See, I don't <laughs> think they do. I don't think... I mean, like, again, this is just, like, my opinion. But I don't find their conversation to have, like... I feel like they have chemistry. I don't feel like they talk like real humans or normal humans. Because I don't think Tom King writes very convincing female characters. Um, personal opinion. Well, yeah, look, I mean... I find his the, the whole thing is annoying. just... They're just throwing... I think it's from DC's editors as well. Mm. They're throwing in little bits and pieces of, oh, look, we're going to remind you that this is heading towards issue 50, which is yeah. going to be the wedding issue. They're finally going to do it. And then it. maybe issue 100 will be, will be the divorce issue. Yeah, let's hope so. You know? you got to assume, right? What about the um, the honeymoon? The honeymoon? That's going to be a, that's going to be an 80-page special. Special sealed. Oh, yeah. Um, Black bag. Yep, absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah. Two things that I did like. Number one, uh, going to the, the continuation of the Bat Burger franchise. <laughs> yes. Where you get a KGBLT and a Killer Croc Monsieur. Hilarious. Nice. And the end of having uh, Bruce recovering from his big punch in the face um, to see his doctor 
Dr. Harleen Quinzel. That was cool. What? That was cool. And yeah, I do really like the it, art. It, it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. And I don't know if you read it, but kind of segueing off that, we also had uh, Batman White Knight issue 6 come through, the Sean Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth um, eight-parter. Yes. So last time we saw this, it's a very strange, like... This is what Batman should be. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, but this is what Batman should be each and every month. I am loving this miniseries. It is really it is good been, fun. I, I guess it, it's kind of written for me because it was also that kind of era, like going into the 1989 Tim Burton films. Mm-hmm. That's when mm-hmm. I grew up and started, you know, really... Yeah. Loving the they character. They have that Batmobile in they this They do. Issue. Nightwing steals one of old uh, Batman's old Batmobiles, and it turns it's out to the be 1989. the 1989 one. Which also known as the best Batmobile. Ever. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, by the way, Commissioner Gordon drives. Yeah. This is a great <laughs> issue, and I think part of the thing that's really fun about this series is that um, Sean Murphy isn't constrained by continuity, so Absolutely. he's getting to do yeah. all this fun stuff with it um, that you wouldn't otherwise normally get to do. So we've got the the recently sane Joker running for mayor and fucking up Batman's life in a number of ways. And, and, and Batman now kind of being public enemy number one, yes. to the point where even Nightwing and Batgirl yes. are not sure if he's not entirely fucking nuts. Yeah, like to the point where Commissioner Gordon is like, alright, you're right, yeah, the Joker, we're done. we need That's to yeah, arrest We need to bring Batman. him in. And, and when Commissioner Gordon, Gordon agrees with the Joker, mm-hmm. you know that's not a good day. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a, yeah. And the um, I like the way that this uh, subplot about the Waynes potentially being Nazi sympathisers came right. together. Yeah, the Waynes and... Um, Victor Freeze's the, the fr- dad. Freeze's as well, yeah. Yeah, I think that um, Sean Murphy did a really good job because I was like, oh, that's really lame and that's really like a really weird subplot to put in but I think it he is, actually but, uh, I think it turned out really well I think it's going I think this this it's definitely I mean you kind of get a a sort of a conclusion to that yeah in this issue but honestly I've been reading Batman for 30 plus years and this is one of the most enjoyable it's good fun. miniseries I have read on the character and yeah. if, you, if you haven't picked it up highly 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 recommend it absolutely and no spoilers and I'm not going to say anything but some, what happens at the end of this issue, mm-hmm. people need to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really people good fun. need to see it. It's great. And it's only two more issues to go. I love that it's a really self-contained miniseries. And I, I think it's going to be a I great... I think we might get another one after this. Because, mm. Oh, well, another miniseries? Yeah, another oh, miniseries okay. after this because I think we there's more to explore. Yeah. As far as... the, the especially good world. Especially Mr. Freeze. Yeah. There's a lot more to explore in this than, than, than what we're reading. Yeah, it's really cool. I think he's done a really great job. And I think that this is going to be a really great graphic novel once it's all finished. I uh, I don't know if you've read them, but uh, look, sticking, yeah, to, stick, sticking to the Batverse. Yeah. Um, no, I've stopped reading Nightwing. Yeah, there was an issue of uh, Nightwing, issue 40, um, that came out during the week. Oh, I like which, the art. Yeah, which was really pretty. Who's a um, Okay, slow down. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Why do they put it at the di- a different place? Well, actually, month? all of uh, DC's... Um, uh, issues this week had the creators like 10 pages in so annoying it is it's weird but um look it, it was it, it it was what it was it's nightwing hasn't been great for a while now i feel like not since uh grayson grayson was excellent grayson was such a great read yeah uh, james bond in the dc universe you couldn't get Perfect. any better than that look sam humphreys wrote this bernard chang um, was the artist and marcelo mayolo did the colors but it was a typical Nightwing issue. 
the only thing I got out of it was that King Shark is still lame. And what? <laughs> Take that back. He got taken down by Killer Croc. Well, that's a good fight. Yeah, good no, no, but it lasted about three panels. And Boring. I also read the latest Harley Quinn I'm so issue. sorry. I don't apologise because, weirdly enough, this has been the best Harley Quinn for a while. Who's, who's the um, It's Frank Thierry. Okay. Who, uh, I remember him writing some Punisher stuff yeah. way back. He was great. Inaki Miranda is the artist. Alex Sinclair and Jeremiah Skipper do the colours. Also, this one also had... If you're a fan of DC's kind of second-tier villains... And I am. Read this. Right. Okay. Isn't Killer Croc. Great. Um, also in this. Uh, but we also get along... Uh, Twiddle D and Twiddle Dum are in it. Excellent. Um, the Condiment King... What? Is in this. Great. Crazy Quilt? Crazy Quilt is in this. Um, Ratcatcher is in this. Oh, my God. King Tut is in this. Zaz is in this. I love Zaz. I mean, in a horrible kind of way. The the Ventriloquist is in this. I love Ventriloquist. Sunman is in this. If second, third, fourth, (laughs) you know, 100th crappiest tier villains... For DC, they've bought them all up and they've put them in, is- in in this issue, issue 39 of Harley. Check it out. It was fun as hell. All right. All right. What else are we hitting? Um, okay. Well, let's you do a quick green, because I know you didn't like Green Lanterns. I couldn't get past, past page three. Next. Done. All right. Let's talk about Snagglepuss. So let's. Exit Sage left the Snagglepuss Chronicles issue three from uh, podcast favorite Mark Russell with um, pencils by Mike Feehan, inks by Mark Morales, and colors by Paul Mounts. Um, How so much this fun is, is this series? This is so fun. Considering it is a fairly realistic, gritty story about um, being gay in, like, 1950s America and then in being Hollywood. anthropomorphic on top of that. Yes, so. not just being gay, being a sexy... Be, being a sexy, pink, giant pink animal. Yes. I can't remember. Uh, someone said he was, like, a mountain lion, I, I think he might be, yeah. Um, and so this is, this is good fun because it involves real, real people from the 1950s and how they yes. dealt with the sort of uh, Red Scare, the, all the um, Huac stuff. Yeah, the, an- the, the anti-American yes. uh, communist yes. uh, hunt, if you so will. So when they were arresting all these like playwrights and film stars and creators um, for potentially having ties to communism. Yeah, with the weakest of ties, Absolutely. not even. I mean, the people were getting arrested for... You know, be, being rumoured. Yes. And people um, also being outed because yes. um, they just wanted to get rid of them, etc. So this is really good fun from that perspective. I'm fairly obsessed with, like, old movies and that kind well, of era. Well, I'm with you. I'm fairly... Like, I don't know if the obsession is the word, but I've been a Marilyn Monroe fan yeah. since I was, you know, yay high. Yeah. And um, having her in this issue just was a... Bloody dream. It Absolutely. Was... Having, having a central part of this issue be her failing marriage to Joe DiMaggio before she leaves him but for But also showing her as somebody outside of Hollywood mm-hmm. who could string two words together and, yes. you know, who wasn't just the dumb platinum blonde that she was portrayed to be. Yes. There's a really good um, quote here um, that comes from Arthur Miller is the playwright that she mm. leaves Joe DiMaggio for. There was a, a really good quote here uh, about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And Snagglepuss says, Television is about creating stars. Theatre is about developing actors. Mm-hmm. And somebody asks him, well, what's the difference? A star shows people who they'd wish to be. An actor shows them what they are. Mm. And that is spot 
on. Absolutely. Absolutely perfect. Mark Russell is such a clever, incisive, insightful writer. Yes. I think he really nails things, really gets big concepts and hits them on the head. Although his version of Huckleberry Hound makes me want to slip my wrists. Yeah. Um, oh my god, Huckleberry Hound is a very depressing character he, in this. He, 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 he's like de- depression personified. Yeah. I mean, you understand why Yeah. Um, as you read the series, but do, I would not want to be locked in a room with him. Absolutely. No. No. Um, I think the only, literally the only issue I have with this book, because I like it, mm. I don't love the colours. I think it looks a little bit washed out and strange. I think, that, well, part of that's uh, on purpose, especially with the stuff yeah. they're showing on screen, yeah. you know, whether it's on TV or on the on in the cinemas. Yeah, I understand that, but I just think overall it could be stronger. And also, like... Don't, you don't think the... it's indicative of the time as well? Uh, no. No? No. I like the, I like the like, old movie screen sections, but I just mm. think the colours in general aren't great. But also... When you're doing a book that relies pretty heavily on likenesses of really famous characters... Right, right. I don't know if... Um, oh, who's the fucking artist again? Mike Feehan does... I don't know if he does the most incredible uh, likenesses. I, 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 think he, I think that may be on purpose. Yeah? Um, Why? I mean, I, I mean... What's the benefit to that? I, I don't know. I mean, do, do you need permission to have uh, somebody like Marilyn's likeness in a book? But then, if they're calling her Marilyn, yeah, it's explicitly well, Marilyn. They they never give her surname. Yeah. Well, I wonder who this famous starlet called Marilyn well, could be. What about this big guy that comes in towards the end of the issue who has a gravelly voice and is yeah. named Clint? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I think you could have just like when you know there's there's a section where that's clearly supposed to be um, Peggy Guggenheim, right, right. and people like that. It's it's not the most like it's not it's not but you it you, takes you a while. But you, well, really, I got it who it was instantly. Yeah, but Both that's of because them. of her hat. Both of them. Anyway, I think the know. likenesses could be 1% better. But mm. it's still a very good comic. It's very compelling. It is. Uh, it's good uh, fun. Again, it is one of these uh, comics that um, DC took a chance on. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people, you know, just talking from our end of yeah, things, yeah. I'm not ordering a huge amount of this, but... I wish I was. Yes. Because more people need to read this series. Absolutely, don't, I agree. Don't wait for the trade. Because it's not going to last. <laughs> well, it's only, what, six issues? Yeah. But, but I want I want DC to continue giving Mark Russell as much work as they can possibly oh yeah, give him, because he's fucking incredible. A, a, as good as the Flintstones was, yeah. this is just as good, if not yeah. better. Yes, I agree. And the, the little hilarious backup, Sasquatch Detective, yes. <laughs> I love. I love Sasquatch Detective. Give her her own series. It's got a bit of a Pixar feel to it. Yeah, absolutely, but like dirty. Yeah, dirty Pixar. Like there's a whole pooping scene. Love it. Great. Um, Okay, so our final, our final issue is Predator, (laughs) the Wild Storm issue twelve, written by Warren Ellis, with art by John Davis Hunt and Steve Bucoletto. If if you've seen the cover to this, it's very reminiscent of you know the the Predator armor. It's it's the engineer. But, um, yeah, I, I picked it up thinking, is there a crossover happening I don't know about? <laughs> no, just that's the new design for this one character. Hmm. I really love this book. Have you been reading it? I have. Um, look, I, I, I was one of those Wildstorm geeks in the, in the yes. early 90s. I was picking up everything uh, related to, to, this, you know, to Jim Lee's Wildstorm universe. Mm-hmm. And the way they've redone this and uh, kind of rebooted it, I think is just... Yeah, it's really good, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like, yeah, everyone talks like Warren Ellis, but that's what you're going to get from a Warren Ellis book. Yeah, Deal with it. Don't expect any less than that. Exactly. I mean... John Davis Hunt is 
an exceptional cartoonist. I think mm-hmm. he's really great. I love the like revamped universe. I think that all the characters are really compelling. I think the story, like somehow they managed to make a whole sequence of hacking, <laughs> a like hacking scene it, in a fucking comic book. They sound make it sound interesting. Make it ultra compelling, really well paced, really they exciting. The planet. <laughs> but you know, it's um, what the, the violence is there, and it's yes. over the top violence, just what you, what you'd expect. Absolutely, um, Grifter but, is cool. Grifter is cool, people. Is he? is he? For once. Is he? For once. Is he? Yes. Yeah. In this. Yeah. And only this. <laughs> Just this issue. That's it. Um, the, I, I, I think um, the, the brains in a jar, I thought, were fantastic as well. It's, yes. very, it's very Futurama. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yes. But, yeah, look, uh, uh, the way they're going with this, what is, it's going to be 24 issues all up, so we're yeah. only at the halfway mark. Oh, so um, fun. And yeah, it, it, it's if you're a Wildstorm fan or just even you know the Image uh, comics fan of the early '90s, this is the adult yeah. version of Wildstorm from the '90s. This no is, tits, no dongs, but it is adult. No, it is. So you, you, but they're getting away with it without having nudity or swearing. Yeah, and that's a lot pretty of, fucking cool. There's a lot of swearing. There is quite a lot of swearing. Oh, there's a bit. There's a bit. There's a, I expect more. Yeah, <laughs> from Warren Ellis, I always I, expect I, more. I expect at least a swear word per panel. Do you know who this guy at the end is? Yes. Who's that? I can't remember his name. He was the guy that um, started uh, Team 7. Like the original Wildcat. You, okay, you're so I'm young. I'm so young. <laughs> he's I'm a beautiful di- baby. Gen 13 as well. He was okay. involved in um, putting Gen 13 together. He's one of the directors. I cannot... Okay, remember cool. his name right but now. But he has a big scar over his face. He, yes, he does. Cool. And uh, an and awesome mustache now. But, Incredible um, mustache. Yeah, he, th- this is going to surprise people. This is going to go places which uh, I think we're starting to see some of the characters or at least uh, mentions of them in the main DCU as well. I well, think. they've got that other title that's like Michael, Cray, Michael Cray, which yeah. is excellent. Mm. Um, but I haven't seen any other Wildstorm characters. Uh, I, I think we're going to see some of these characters going into the DCU, I actually would not be surprised, once um, the whole No Justice thing is done with Justice League, mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if I saw some of these characters in a Justice League team. Oh, well, I don't, really, I don't really want that. I like keeping them separate. No, but it's good fun. But Grifter is so cool. Yeah, but I don't want him like on the Justice League shooting people in the what face. What team? No, that sucks. I don't <laughs> want that. I don't want that in the He's DC so universe. Um, Alright, well that's all That's all our DC books. Thanks so much, Jim, for yeah. helping me go through those in the absence of Levens. That's okay, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, it was so hard to convince him to do it, guys. It's yeah. really fucking hard to force Jim to do anything. Ridiculous after the, the things you people make me do. <laughs> okay, well I'm going to be back next with the image reviews with good old, good old Talia. Our Woo! good friend Talia. Talia Savage Dragon review. Woo! Awesome. Alright guys, part three, part three of Siobhan Unleashed. No levens. Woo! Woo! Um, so now I'm being joined by I think podcast first timer? Have you possibly. ever possibly I think I made a uh, snip at one time when we did a big review on like favourite stuff favourite DC comics. Yes. Like a long time a long time ago. But well overdue. My apologies. Absolutely. But um let me reacquaint you with Talia. Woo! Talia is like the uh, <laughs> online orders maven at king's comics so if you've ever ordered something and experienced our incredible service that's all thanks to talia <laughs> you're so welcome um so talia is going to help me go through the image and then also other stuff Potentially so just other. deal with it guys yes. all right this is like the most shambolic episode of all time 
Sorry, Levens. No, um, so we're going to talk just quickly about image first because you read Savage Dragon. <laughs> oh, everyone was like, "We're going to get a Jim Savage Dragon review." Nope. Not nah, fuck that. Oh my goodness. So this is issue two hundred and thirty-two of Savage Dragon, written, illustrated, everything by the extremely bonkers um, <laughs> Eric Larson. Eric Larson, which we're very. Very apparent to me, very quickly. Jim, I'm so glad Jim isn't here right now. I can say what I want to <laughs> yes. say. Good. Holy hell, man. What is going on? I, what, what actually happens I, in this issue? Okay, so what happened... This is what I'm trying to understand. Mm. So, I mean, for someone who's jumped... Granted, someone who's jumped in at 2.32. Yeah. Um, wife is waiting at home with three children. Excellent. Where is Savage Dragon? Where is he? Where he's is in he? some other world. But oh. don't call him Savage Dragon. He's Malcolm. Savage was my father. That's one of my favourite quotes from this one, actually. Don't call me Savage. I really savage enjoyed that his name's Malcolm. Malcolm. Um, and he got a beard. So that's how you can distinguish between him and this other Savage Dragon who's in a different universe, a different reality, whose name is... Let me see, uh, Michael, I oh. believe. And he does not have a goatee. He, he does not have a goatee, and that's how you distinguish. So, Savage Dragon goes home to his family, and then you're like, who is this other guy who has been saving women who have been trapped to be basically baby makers? Okay. Um, and he saved these guys. And then, yeah, I just... I Baby madness. Baby madness. Then lots of fights happened, and I was like, I am so lost. <laughs> I couldn't... <laughs> Again, granted, I've jumped in so late in the game. I don't understand Jim. I personally attacked Jim. Why? And sorry, Savage Dragon fans. I just don't get it. I just don't know what is so compelling that... I feel like it's one of those things that if you've been (sighs) reading it from the beginning, it's probably just, like, real engaging. But I am personally of the opinion that most comic books, you should be able to pick up whichever issue and at least understand what's going on. Yeah. So in that sense, this is a massive failure. Yeah, it absolutely, and I, and I got that there were two different characters, and I know maybe I don't have to understand why, but I didn't feel like the story was that compelling. Yeah, for me to be like, ooh, I want to find out, and maybe yeah. go back and read it. No, I'm like, what? It's like that classic, like, no, he's got a moustache on. It's a different person. I do like, I do like the art. Yeah, in a sort of weird way, in a throwback way. I like that his fists are like bigger than his head. Yes, nice. Um, well, there you go. Savage Dragon, two thirty-two. Sorry, guys, not on my pull list. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the only other image book that I read um, was the final issue of Extremity. Mm. This is written and illustrated by Daniel Warren Johnson. This is issue twelve with colors by Mike Spicer and letters by the always great Russ Wooten. Um, And so this is like the finale of this really incredible series which is mostly it's about family and like Mm. parental expectations of you and rebelling against your parents and trying to do better than your parents um but also it's about like the horrors of war yeah i'm so keen to read i've only read the first half and then the second i'm waiting for the i read in trades guys sorry i mostly read in trades as i would too if i wasn't doing this fucking podcast and so i'm extremely keen to read the rest of this like, I really highly recommend everyone pick this up. Image are really good at getting the trades out quickly after the series is finished. So keep an eye out um, for the trade of this because I think it's going to read incredibly yeah. as a whole story. The art is so beautiful. It's such an incredible, like, achievement for one guy to have done this whole story and mm. for it to have such a satisfying ending and for it to have landed so perfectly 
and there's the potential to do more with these characters, but you just, he really wouldn't have to. It's like a perfect package mm. in one. Um, He's got something upcoming. Oh, does he? No, I oh no! Sorry, I have no he? idea. I have no idea. I was Any like, projects? Cool. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, I really don't know. This is it's like there's an extraordinary amount of work um, for one man to have done it all. Um, so I'm not, I'm not really sure. But guys, really, really check it out. Do it. It's really, really good. Do it. Um, okay, now we're gonna go one for one. I think and one talk about one. stuff that neither of us read. The other one, the other one oh, I've read. got a, I've got a few that I because I I did some speed reading. Yeah, cool. Because I must admit, I I love image. Image is my jam. Yeah, these days, uh, all my stuff didn't come out this yeah. week. It's an Sad off week. For image. It's an off week. My week, yeah, my week is too much to handle. Last week was like saga and yes. all the shit that you love, and, <laughs> and this so week like, it's speed like read, speed read <laughs> the fix. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, huh. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of the fix, I did I did uh, I did flick through it. Now I, I sort of hate this book. I see. I sort of love it yeah. in like a I don't have to get too uh, into it yeah like it's like when you come home at the end of the day and you just want to put on something that you don't have to think too yeah, much yeah, about yeah, yeah. but you still enjoy it yeah that's how I kind of feel about the feats because I'm like ah it's kind of kind of shooting and killing and no one cares and yeah it's all really silly and... it's all silly this one though um yeah, I still like it. Like, I'll still read it. It's not the top of my list, but I just love all these things. That, yeah, oh, that's pretty hilarious. The, the way... Um, How is he snorting cocaine off a horse? Because he's going through grief. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. That's one of the stages, He's going right? through grief. So he snorts cocaine off, off a horse. horse's butt. He, um, he has oh, some fun with Dominatrix. Like, smell as well. Yeah. Lovely. Cries on the beach. Um, d- steals steals some beef and bread from a local comic book shop. Uh, it's uh, it's just so. I mean, that's a great double page spread, Steve. Leave it's it. funny. He is a very very funny cartoonist. He yeah, and I just find this so funny in that kind of way. In that yeah. like not kind of like entourage. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. Nick Spencer. So uh, this is issue eleven of the fix, written by Nick Spencer with Sorry, art by yes. Steve Lieber, and I think. Nick Spencer has a slightly entourage vibe. Yes, and that's why I love it, because I'm like, eh. Yeah, I don't really care. It's great. Yeah, shoot each other. What's yeah. going on? Like, oh, he's on drugs. Uh, everyone's a bad guy. But I think it's fun. It's a good It's a good little read. It's a yeah. bit... I love that kind of humour. Um, like, you're a bit of an asshole, but... Yeah. God, it's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, not at the top of my list, but definitely... I still read a it. A good read. I like nice. the fix. All right. That's my short and sweet. And then you also read issue seven of Scales and Scoundrels. Which I did. I, I stopped after the first issue. This was... Yeah, so did I. Mm. Um, I... Or the second, maybe. I was so excited because I absolutely love the art. It is so pretty. Yeah, it's really cute. It's so cute. Um, Sorry, yes. Written by Sebastian Gunner and art by Gallard. 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 <laughs> Lovely. Letters and Design by Jeff Powell. Um, yeah, it's so it's so cute and so pretty. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll try it again and get back into it. Mm. And it just... They're going for all the right things in terms of the art's great. I yeah. like the characters. I like where they're going with the story. There's a certain amount of intrigue. But it's just missing that little... Yeah, there's just something where something. they just don't quite... They just don't quite nail it. There's I, something to do with the characters or yeah, something? Yeah, I love anything supernatural, mm-hmm. mythological, mm-hmm. dragons, any of those. <laughs> That's, I'm bad. I'm dragons. Bad. Dragons. Can yeah. you a dragon? I love dragons. I love it. Yeah. I love anything with witches as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm so ready. And it just... I don't know. It's too... 
like the jokes are a bit too eh, and a bit too mm, yeah it just yeah. doesn't quite hit it with each of the things that it's going for so yeah yeah again super cute probably an easy read but for good to me check back in on but not perfect yeah for me not not my go-to yeah definitely easy read for other people if they enjoy that kind of light-heartedness but if you're going to give me supernatural and intrigue i want it to be like <sighs> yeah totally i oh, sorry i describe with a lot of um <laughs> yeah, but I understand what you mean. Like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 get I don't it. use words. I only exclaim. Um, all right. Well, did you did you get to Bloodshot Salvation? Oh, yes. Skipping across to the Valiant Universe, we have issue number seven of Bloodshot Salvation by Jeff Lemire with art. Our favorite. I, love, I really love Jeff Lemire, and Jeff Lemire also hilariously did some of the art on this book. Yeah. Um, with Have Renato Guedes. Did you, Guedes. Did you Guedes. flick through this? Yeah, I read this. I love yeah. Bloodshot. Bloodshot is probably my favourite Valiant book. Mm. Um, I know, like, Secret Weapons gets a lot of hype and all that sort of stuff, but for me, Bloodshot has been, like, consistently really, like, compelling and engaging and, like, good, like, over-the-top superhero action fun. Sorry yeah, the phone, guys. Um, but then also, like, with this really genuine heart, but then it's also really silly because they're all Bloodshots. There's baby Bloodshots. There's yeah. dog Bloodshot. There's, like, Bloodshot who's got an afro. Um, it's great. Yeah. But this whole issue, I mean, it's really tense because it's mostly yeah, well, it's mostly all, no pictures. There's no pictures, and I love how all the um, yeah. Well, it starts at completely black, and then yeah. the text is just down the page. But as the more you flip through, like the, some of the uh, I've just from had mention like the boxes, yeah, the panels, the panels. Yeah, yeah. I was like the boxes um, start to change shape and into the kind of things that yeah he's describing like yeah. the splash of the water and the wings and, and then like, this is really, all really cool and it's really clever use of like the page layout like mm. this splash at the top and then going underneath the water when like you can't see it but you can really feel it it's got this really claustrophobic sense yeah so in the last issue bloodshot i can't even remember why or how but he's in hell guys yeah. with his baby terrifying to save his baby because she is like turning into a bloodshot and he's like no don't kill my baby bloodshot nano yeah he's gone to hell <laughs> i can't really remember why <laughs> But when he gets to hell, he's completely blind. Mm. And so, like, that just fills me with, like, this real terror of, like, oh, my God, imagine being in, like, a really dangerous situation with your baby who, like, can't yeah, even yeah. walk, can't look after themselves at all. And now I'm also useless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're blind. You can't even see them. And there's, like, all these really terrifying moments. Mm. Um, I thought this was such a great I issue. really liked it. I flicked through it quite quickly, but I was also really, yeah, it was really compelling. When his nanites start to, like, kick back in, yeah. you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then the last page, which I will not say, but I actually went audibly, like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No spoilers. Is, it is such a good book, guys. I, I really, really like it. Like, jump on right now, but also go back and read the rest of it because it's so good. <laughs> Another winner by Jeff Lemire. Absolutely, he's incredible. Um, okay, it. how does I'm he gonna... have time to do so many good things? I have no idea. And I remember really what don't. he's done? I always wonder that. Like, how do you not actually confuse storylines? Absolutely, I'd be a terrible writer. But <laughs> <laughs> like, he's writing so much, mm. and everything is good. Mm. I don't understand how he's doing like Black Hammer, and then his personal oh, projects like um, Royals. Is it Royals? Grass Kings and No Grass Kings is Matt Kim. But oh, yeah. Royal City, I get the Royal City, well. yeah, yeah. Royal City, like <laughs> all that stuff, and yeah, and Bloodshot as well. And they're like, I'm just gonna write this and this here and this. Yeah. And he's good at a bit of sad. He's he is. Good he's good at a bit of sad. Levins and I've been talking about doing a special um, episode <laughs> where we just rank the saddest the sad. Jeff Lemire books. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm gonna just 
quickly yes, go mentioned. through a couple that I read that you didn't, but I really think you should read Assassinistas. Yep. This is issue three from Black Crown Comics, which is the new um, imprint of IDW run by, I think, Shelley Bond, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is written by Teeny Howard with art by Gilbert Hernandez and colours by Rob Davis. <laughs> yeah, I love that art. It's so great seeing um, Gilbert Hernandez's art coloured, especially in this really, like, flat sort of way. I think it really suits it and I think it's really great. And so this is about a trio of assassins yep. after they've sort of grown up and left the assassin game and uh, they're interacting in each other's lives again. So one of the assassins has stolen one of the other's child's and so then she has... En- enlisted the other assassin to get the kid back. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sorry, no uh, it almost sounded like Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants assassin style. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, and so this assassin has brought her son and her son's boyfriend along okay. to, you know, do a little bit of work experience and oh, help, her, help yeah, her on this assassin thing. But it's family. just like, it is so gorgeous. Like, the the, the style, the fashion, the colours, everything about it is so perfect yeah and on top of that it's like this really fun action adventure romp and tinny howard i think is a really great writer i think she really nails this yeah um so i really highly recommend you check this out this is definitely without question my favorite of the black crown comics um and i think everyone should pick it up everyone should pick it up yeah it looks actually looks really cool yeah it's like just real good Solid grindhousey. Nice. I like yeah because I hate it when you open. You're like that looks amazing, and then you read it. Oh come on, really? Why? Um. So I also read issue two of Strangers in Paradise twenty five. This is a you and Jim thing. Yeah, this is a me and Jim thing. This is your bonding comic. Absolutely. That sounded. No, Jim and I have many disgusting bonding comics. (laughs) Oh gross. Um. I can't even, you know what, I can't even actually talk about it because it's so deep in, like, Strange in Paradise lore. Yeah, right. And this is an issue with a lot of exposition, but I think Terry Moore is just brilliant enough to pull it off, and his cartooning just goes from strength to strength, and his characters are so unique and flawed and individual, and every issue is just an absolute Looks joy like a to sketchbook. Read. I didn't realise it was in black and white. Yeah, his stuff is usually... Mostly in black and white, yeah, I think. Um, do but you, it's just so perfect. Do you have to have read the first whole chunk to know what's going on, or can you start? From... I I think you get a lot from it because I haven't even finished the rest. Like oh, I'm, yeah, I've right. only read the first couple of volumes of Strangers in Paradise, um, and so there's a lot of stuff that I've missed in between. Mm. But I genuinely think that you could pick up the first issue and go from there because he really explains a lot of what's like the history and all that stuff yeah cool cool um and it's great it's so good it's so fun and like heart wrenching and that's awesome beautifully illustrated this is definitely another one of those things that's on my list like i need to sit through and be like yeah i'm gonna sit for two days and just read all these books back to back yeah (laughs) one day when i'm retired (laughs) absolutely yeah um now a couple of dodgy ones fighting american um this is the next volume of that, so it's back to an issue one. They've renumbered it. The Ties That Bind is the uh, title of this arc, written by Gordon Rennie, um, art by Andy Tong. Don't worry about it, guys. Yeah. I quite liked the first arc. This is not yeah. This is not so good. Yeah. Done. Yeah, take a leave it. Yeah. Um, Monstro <laughs> Mechanica from Aftershock Comics, issue four, written by Paul Allure and um, art by Chris Evan Hui. 
um, colors by Sian Weyas. Mm. Uh, this is pretty, you know, I, <laughs> I quite like this, but it's, n I, I think I like the art more than the story. Yeah, I was just thinking, hey, the art is really pretty. Yeah, it's really gorgeous, but the actual story so far is not that compelling, uh... which is, like, annoying because it's a story about, like, Leonardo da Vinci and his female assistant who wears, who scandalizes everyone by wearing pants. <gasps> How dare she? Um... And they're like big sort of automaton who she's trying to give life to, but Leonardo and she's like, no, it's just a robot. And that sounds like a really cool idea, and it's got the Medici's, uh, yeah. and it's got all this lore in it, and then it's just not been that well. compelling. Mm, so, always a shame. Check it out for the art. I'm definitely going to look at whatever Chris Evansley does next, but don't worry about it, guys, to be honest. Yeah. That's my, that's my um, personal. Uh, I also read from Dark Horse Comics Koshi the Deathless. Koshi the Deathless. Koshi the Deathless. Imagine if Koshi never died. Um, <laughs> oh, God, no! <laughs> so this is written, actually written by Mike Mignola, not just plotted, and then with the um, dialogue done by someone else. Actually written by Mike Mignola, with art by Ben Stenbeck, colours by Dave Stewart, obviously, because it's a Dark Horse book. Um, <laughs> and this is so good. This is Mignola at his sort of best. Yeah, you know, okay. Doing, uh, like, Baba Yaga and sort of Lovecraftian, mm. creepy mythological bullshit and we actually have Hellboy in this talking to Koshi Koshai, whatever. Koshi the Deathless. Um, and it's just a really compelling, spooky, sort of grim fairy tales-esque cool. um, fairy tale. And I, if you just guys, if you like Hellboy, this is a, a no-brainer. Pick it up. Absolutely. Um, what is that? I didn't even see that hit the shelf. Okay, so this is another... I'm, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> this is another... Um, uh, this is from Burger Books. Burger Books? Whatever. Um, uh, from Dark Horse. This is Incognito Renaissance issue 2 of 5, written by Matt Johnson with art by Warren Fleece. And this is the prequel to a really classic comic called Incognito, which yep. I haven't read. It's on my list. Um, so it's cool this is a prequel. And it's sort of a, a Harlem murder mystery starring this guy who is African-American but he is so light-skinned that he passes as white. Oh, okay, so he yep. gets into all of these situations where people think he's white and he's sort of like a bit of an undercover. He's trying to be a journalist and a photographer. Right. And so he witnessed a murder but because the um, victim was black, no one is paying attention to it. Yep. So he's like, I gotta figure out what happened here. Um, Justice. And this issue just continues to be excellent. I love the oh, art. Awesome. I think it's like gorgeous in black and white. It continues to be really um, mysterious and intriguing. Mm. And it's a great like setup for this whole book. And it's just really, um, really good fun. I mean, not fun. It's like pretty heavy subject matter. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's... It's enjoyable, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very enjoyable and it's a great read. And the sort of the final scene is he gets caught when he, um, our hero is investigating and is knocked out and then he wakes up and he's tied up in the middle of an audience seeing a play oh. and that's such a like incredible spooky end to an issue like yeah. such a good cliffhanger you're like what, What's actually what is going to happen um, so I really highly recommend you should, it's probably easy enough to find the first two issues now guys so get the original series Incognito and then go back and um, read this Incognito Renaissance because it's very, very good. Yeah, cool. Um, should we talk about Mech 
Cadet U quickly. Yes. So this is from Boom Studios. Oh, I still love this so much. So, so good. Written it's by so Greg Park with art by T- uh, Takeshi Miyazawa, Miyazawa and colors by Triona Farrell. And this is the sort of uh, homage to big mech yep. uh, manga and anime. So like your neon Genesis Evangelion sort of vibes. And we have our hero who's a young boy who's the son of the janitor. Uh, Janitor, head of the yeah. janitorial staff and She's it's all about the, his mum's the cutest Stanford is yeah. the kid his mum hilarious yeah his mum's my favourite character yeah she's the best she's the real hero of this yeah movie. she is um, mum's the real heroes you heard it here first guys yeah. um, it's just so good still like the yeah. story is still not like oh like it, you'd be expecting it to be very like oh Yep, just robots fighting in the war yeah. and the thing. No, but it's like with these kids at the helm, it's really awesome. Absolutely, it's about like coming of age, mm. and it's still got big, sick crab kaiju guys yeah. that they have to explode. Like it's, it's and their relationship really... between them and their robots exactly. is like adorable. It's yeah. a great balance of like heart and then like big large scale action and it's it's a really really good book i think Mm -hmm. this is great for like an all ages audience but then it's also just like it's great if you have a nostalgia for that that genre this Um, issue in particular though mm, took a turn for me it's like they were building 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 and then this one really was like hitting the feels Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. one of the uh because i always wonder what what happens with uh with robots in there and their cadets mm-hmm. and I don't want to spoil it no but something does happen and it actually hit me in the feels yeah a lot yeah and then you also find out something else is going on in the background um a bit of a internal mm-hmm. um what do you call it terrible explaining things with uh the old the the, veteran. the daughter oh no, no no yeah 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 the veteran uh just so it's sort of about like yeah I know I can't remember anyone's name <laughs> and I'm like oh him obviously the, <laughs> the, guy the star the of the show the scar Scarface uh. <laughs> um, but it's all about sort of rejecting authority if yeah. that authority is compromised or doing what you think is or you know is right mm. even if everyone is sort of trying to stop you or getting in your way and so they're secretly they have now secretly gone okay we've got a new plan let's not tell anyone about it yeah. we're going to go and save the day ourselves but don't tell anyone yeah so it's like escaping and doing the right Doing Absolutely. The right thing. And I was like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. Oh my I love gosh. it. I love this book. It's guys. so good. Great it's, Pack is uh, Great Pack is a really great writer. Yes. I don't know if he like I'm pretty sure I recommended it for my staff picks, like accidentally mm-hmm. three times in a row, Greg Pack. Yeah. He's great. And I was like, oh yeah, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Instagrammed and he was like, thanks. And I'm like, oh, did I do this again? <laughs> it's so good though. It's so good though. He's I the can't best. Help it. Um, okay. That's all of the main comics, yeah. guys. We'll we did skip it. That. Yeah, we'll skip that. Whoops. Sorry, guys. We didn't. We didn't read read Grave Diggers, but yeah, I also gave up on that. Just comment what you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that I wanted to talk about was one that we didn't actually get through Kings, but which the publisher sent to me, and I really liked it, and I think it's mm-hmm. something that a lot of our listeners would really enjoy. Um, so it's called Anxiety is Really Strange, and it's written by Steve Haynes, who is a, a body worker. Yeah. I don't know what that is. But Which I'm sounds very intriguing. Very intrigued. Um, but he specializes in understanding the science of trauma and pain. And he's sort of into, like, healing. Um, and it's illustrated by Sophie Standing in this really gorgeous, uh, really textural, tactile sort of um, designy. Yeah. 
Uh, it felt very graphic design, but yes. in such a beautiful way. Absolutely. It's very soft. The color palette is very soft. Yes. And it's flat, but it's so nice. Um, and so this is basically a book about understanding anxiety, what it is, where it starts in the body, what it could possibly be for you, mm. um, and what kind of goes into it. And then the second half is kind of about maybe some methods to mm. help you with your anxiety. Um and I loved this. I loved yeah, this so I love much. Yeah, I loved it so much. Because I, I stole it from you. Yeah. True story. I texted you. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I actually Where stole did this. this come from? Yeah. <laughs> Where can I get myself a coffee? Guys, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Um, for any level of, I think, dealing. Everyone deals with anxiety Absolutely. at some point in their lives. Absolutely. Um, if not dealing with it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good way of understanding it and knowing that it's just so normal like it's so normal it's so normal and like not in it you know not like oh it's normal get over it but like no it's normal it's a part of life and acknowledging any of those emotions that aren't um we you know we always consider emotions negative but really what it's telling you is how to read those emotions and serve your body and Mm -hmm. you know help Mm -hmm. yourself through whatever is going on yeah it's so so good yeah really like like a really positive great thing to read and like you know this is a I think comic books are a hobby that encourage people who maybe are a little bit more anxious, maybe have a little bit of social mm. anxiety, because it's a hobby that you do by yourself. By sitting yourself. In your room. It's safe. <laughs> it's so safe and cozy. <laughs> um, and I was definitely someone who was very anxious, and I have like chronic mm. illness and stuff that is incredibly immediately triggered. If I'm starting to get stressed or anxious, I know I'm going to get sick. Um, and so having that kind of reading that like they even kind of reference the kinds of chronic illness that I have yes. in this yeah, book yeah. Um, and sort of having that be validated and understood and then sort of reading in it and being encouraged by like the ways that I deal with my anxiety and having that be like yes that's a really positive good way to deal yeah. with it that's a really wonderful thing um, it's such a good um, reinforcing kind of guide absolutely it really made me like okay I do need to you know, if you if you're sick, you go to the doctor. Yeah. If you've got anything else, you would go and see someone. We need to be making time for our own, you know, for self care in yes, your life. Absolutely, um, it's a excellent, and it's got references. It's got references, if guys. Like footnotes. It's got mad footnotes. It's got mad footnotes. Um, and it's just gorgeous. <laughs> and I really highly recommend. You can get it at um, singingdragon.com. You can check it out at the publisher, but it's also distributed by Microcosm Publishing. So have a look at both and see what is the best shipping option for you if Absolutely. this is something that sounds like it appeals to you. Because um, I loved it. I and they also have... Too. I was going to say, they also have uh, Pain is Really Strange, which I'm keen mm-hmm. for. Uh, well, both of them, really. And Trauma is Really Strange. And they also just published another one, which has just escaped me. And I can Google it super quick. Um... But also, I was going to drop in a little quote here that Mm. I thought was, for me, this Mm -hmm. is the one that really hit home. If you are full of catastrophic thoughts, explore them, but do not trust them. Know your primitive brain is mistakenly predicting life or death scenarios. Ground yourself and change the context. And I was like, for me, that was like, yeah, you can just like they like a lot of therapists always say you know you can just actually watch your thoughts go past like mm-hmm. cars you mm-hmm. don't have to grab onto every single feeling and get yes. this tunnel vision anxiety yes that happens it's so good and it's a gorgeously printed really beautiful book like i'm i'm so happy to have this on my shelf yeah and for you know i'll come back to this and read it i think 
many times. Yeah, it's just a good... Yeah, it's one of those things you can read again and again just to be, like, a good reminder of, you know, for different aspects, for, like, what you need mm. to do to either manage it yourself or remind yourself you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, they nailed this. They... I feel like more... GPs need to have this kind of thing yeah, just totally. in a foyer rather than a little pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I 100% agree. Yeah. And also, put more things in comic book format so that so I read, <laughs> read it and understand it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, world. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you. Thanks for that, Talia. That was no, very um, enjoyable. And thank you guys for being uh, so supportive and patient with this slightly strange coupled together episode. Um, Levens will be back next week. So we'll have better audio quality and um but maybe less good content I yeah no like 100 <laughs> percent. so oh, it's gonna like. be way shitter next week um <laughs> levin's already did all of the social media stuff at the beginning because he knew i'd forget true yep look us up on facebook or instagram or twitter you understand how to use yeah. google come be part of the conversation yeah absolutely we're there. Come That's talk great. to us about comics. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. I think that's correct. You did it. You it could it. be wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, see you guys. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. 
the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.